We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to the MPW Digital Post Game Show, presented by the College Corner. I'm Neil McCready. Ole Miss routes Arkansas 13-5 to tonight in Omaha. The Rebels move into the winner's bracket. They will play the winner of Auburn and Arkansas on uh, Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Auburn and Arkansas will play in a uh, elimination game tomorrow night at 6. Auburn defeated uh, Stanford earlier in the day, 6-2, to two, as you can see in the little scroll that I made for you there. Auburn defeated Stanford earlier in the day, 6-2, to two, to stay alive. Stanford is eliminated. Uh, they will play after Notre Dame and um, see, I had it all in front of me. Here it is. Texas A&M and Notre Dame play tomorrow at one. The winner of that game will move on to play Oklahoma on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, so you're pretty caught up. Uh, we'll be joined in a little bit by Brian Rippey. He's going to join Jeffrey Wright's going to join. And then Chase will join live from Omaha he got a uh, blowout, which means that he's got probably, I would suspect one of his content items will be up momentarily. He'll probably write a little bit later, but he's going to join uh, after the post-game press conference before he starts writing from that. He'll spend some time with us. So we'll do that, and then we'll uh, take your calls on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Be with you for a little while. It's 9.57 as we get started. By the way, in case anybody wonders, this will be the Tuesday morning Oxford Exxon podcast. So there will be no live stream in the morning because there's really uh, really no point in reiterating ourselves six or seven hours after the show. Let me take care of some business first. The College Corner, two locations in the Jackson area, one in Ridgeland, one in Flowood. If uh, you're looking for your Ole Miss branded College World Series gear, Go to the College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. There's the website down here at the bottom of the screen, collegecornerstore.com. Enter College World Series in the uh, search engine there on the site, and you can uh, get all of your Ole Miss-branded College World Series gear. Ole Miss now three wins away from a national championship. If that national championship happens, they will have 
Ole Miss National Champion gear right there on the site immediately where you can order. So keep that in mind as we get into uh, the weekend. Again, Ole Miss has two chances Wednesday and then if necessary on Thursday to get to the championship series where they would play either Oklahoma, Notre Dame, or Texas A&M in a best-of-three series there in Omaha. So in the event that that happens, it's sure looking possible today, uh, go to collegecornerstore.com and get your gear there. Please let them know how much you appreciate them making uh, this show and our coverage possible. Speaking of the people making our coverage possible, Chase is in Omaha. Like I said, he'll join us in a little bit. Uh, He is there in large part in thanks to the people at the Clearwater Group. If you are ever dealing with any government issues or whatnot, uh, go to the Clearwater Group. Austin Barber and the people there have been great friends of us for a long time. So if you're ever in need of um, consult consultation with government-related uh, matters, go to the Clearwater Group. And also don't forget uh, Corinth Dental, uh, whether you are looking for um, – just a dentist in that area, or if you are thinking about Invisalign, you can get a uh, no-cost digital screening of your teeth at CorinthDental.com. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick have been kind enough to contribute a little extra this week to help uh, make our coverage a little less painful on the budget. Yeah, I know, Ginger, I'm just not a a superstitious person. I know what I'm looking at, and uh, Ole Miss is playing like a championship team right now, so... It won't be about what I said. They they look they look uh, they look terrific. Again, I told you this would be the Oxford Exxon podcast. Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Uh, stop by there anytime you're coming in or out of Oxford. Please do us that favor. They've been great to us for a decade plus at the Oxford Exxon. So uh, go by, fill up. You can also go inside. Great snacks, uh, plate lunches. Uh, soda selection, beer selection, everything you're looking for. It's always clean, always nice. The Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He will send you a quote in 15 minutes or less in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No haggle, no hassle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. Um You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today. Again, that number is 662-257-1900. Guest tonight, and when we take calls, join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. It's a great place to stop in, get a burger, a po' boy, great appetizers, full beer selection, full bar, and more. There at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Uh, Also, Rafters in New Albany. And don't forget, if you are heading out to Sardis this weekend, head out to to, uh, Rafters on the Water there at Sardis. Margaritas, uh, draft beer, again, burgers, all that stuff there at Rafters on the Water in uh, Sardis. So let's see, I need to get you, I was going to re- go through the uh, the box score from tonight. Again, let's make sure I hit the refresh on that, make sure it's final. There it is, 13-5. Ole Miss wins 13-5 to tonight. Over Arkansas, Justin Bench went four for six, scored four times, two runs. 
uh, set the table throughout the night. Kevin Graham, another uh, two-for-four evening. A run scored, two runs driven in. Tim Elko hit an absolute bomb, finished with three runs driven in. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez, two for six, a run scored, run driven in. Uh, Garrett Wood was really solid tonight at third base, one for three, scored twice. Uh, Calvin Harris had one of the best games of his Ole Miss career. He goes three for four, uh, two runs scored, four driven in, a home run, two doubles. Elko's 23rd home run of the year, Harris's second home run of the year, uh, bench doubled his 17th double of the year Calvin Harris two doubles his sixth and his seventh of the year Hunter Elliott was once again terrific Uh, his defense a little shaky behind him at times he uh, pitched into a little bit of trouble in about the fifth inning Uh, got away with one with Braden Webb who fouled one off that could have been a three-run homer that would have made things six to six but he settled down after that gave up nothing Hunter goes six and a third six hits Three runs, only one was earned, two walks, four strikeouts, lowers his ERA for the season to 2.7. He threw 100 pitches, uh, gave up, uh, only I'm sorry, 62 strikes. Uh, Mason Nichols came in in relief in the, um, in the seventh. Uh, Mason Nichols goes one and two-thirds, no hits, no runs, no walks, struck out two, threw 16 pitches, 11 for strikes. He was really sharp. And then Brandon Johnson got his first work in about 15, 16 days we were counting up today. He pitches the ninth, gives up uh, two hits, two runs, including a home run to uh, Peyton Stovall there in the ninth inning. Uh, Did not walk anyone, struck out two. He uh, faced five batters through 19 pitches, 13 for strikes. Hunter Elliott's ERA for the season now 2.7. Mason Nichols lowers his to 3.03. Johnson gave up the two runs. The first runs that the Ole Miss bullpen has given up in the postseason, his ERA after tonight, 4.43. I'll take you through Arkansas quickly because everybody on their roster basically pitched. Uh, Arkansas, Zach Morris took the loss. He went uh, two-thirds of an inning, two hits, two runs, both earned, two walks, no strikeouts. They went through Evan Taylor, Cole Ramage, Jackson Wiggins, Elijah Trest. Trest was actually fairly good for them. Uh, Gabriel Starks and uh, Austin Ledbetter, all of those guys pitched for Arkansas. Like I said, the loss went to Morris. Uh, At the plate for Arkansas, Brandon Webb had a two-hit game. Uh, Jalen Battles had a two-hit game. Peyton Stovall, two for four, run scored, three driven in, including the home run that we talked about a little earlier. But all of that came after the game was completely in hand. Ole Miss dominated pretty much from start to finish. Got two runs in the first, two runs in the second, two runs in the third, um, four in the fifth, three in the eighth. An absolute dominant performance. Arkansas had one in the first, two in the second, did not score again until Stovall's two-run home run in the ninth. So again, Ole Miss wins thirteen to five, moves into um, the winners bracket, and uh, we'll talk about all of that stuff. Who Ole Miss might pitch on Wednesday? We'll make sure Brandon Johnson had a spill, the pitch before the home run to Stovall. So we'll ask Chase about. I'm sure that will be asked in the in the post game. So we'll find out about him. A little bit of Ole Miss's plans. Ole Miss now has a um, ton of flexibility on Wednesday. You can do a lot of different things on uh, on Wednesday. And um, know that if you stumble against either Arkansas or Auburn, you've got Dylan DeLucia ready to go on Thursday. Ideally, you win on Wednesday, and he lets you go DeLucia game one, Elliott game two, in a uh, 
national championship series against, like I said, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, or Texas A&M. I know we've got several uh, super chats that I've already missed. I thank all of you. Stacy. thanks so much for the super chat. Shadow Flash 12, he says, appreciate you guys, appreciate you too. Uh, Pocket Watch, uh, thank you for uh, the super chat. Richard B. as well. Uh, I think there was a second Richard B. Our friend uh, Sammy with a $13.05 super chat. says, 4th and 25, Avenged. So I think I've caught up on those. Thanks to all of you guys. I'm going to get uh, Brian Rippey on here in just a second and get to him, get his thoughts on the game. And uh, see if I can get – there we go. So we'll get Brian on here. What's up? What's up, Brian? I appreciate you joining. Brian Rippey on the uh, Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Um, not a hell of a lot to dissect. That was just an absolute ass-kicking Um I guess just your your overall thoughts. Yeah, I would mirror those thoughts exactly. It was just kind of an ass kicking. Um, you know, early in the game, you thought it might kind of have the the remnants of a slugfest, but I, I don't know about you. I thought Ole Miss was making a lot better contact off of Morris and then whoever it was. I forget the kid's name. They brought in after then. Um, Arkansas was consistently against Elliott. Right, you had the error. You had Kevin Graham getting the ball lost in the sun, and so once Ole Miss scored those two runs in the third inning and it got to six to three. I thought, okay, there's probably a decent chance that Elliot settles in and sure enough, he retires 12 of his next 16. It was a lot quieter traffic on the base path too. And the offense just took over, but that's sort of been the theme of this postseason, right? I was just trying yeah. to add it up um, at right before you called. Now, granted, this is some uh, base level MIS mass. So please don't quote me on this, but I believe they've out hit opponents 77 to 40 in the postseason. And I think to outscored them 64-17. to 17. I mean, this has just been a dominant run, and tonight was another reflection of it. Yeah, I thought the key thing, obviously, I thought there were a couple of keys early. You, Dave Van Horn rolled the dice today, going with Morris, the left-hander. Uh, a reliever, he's only thrown, I don't know, he hadn't thrown a whole lot of innings. He'd had a, a handful of three, three and a third inning kind of outings. And... um I thought bench getting a hit right off the bat set the tone. Um, again, scoring in the first inning, I thought they rattled him. Obviously, he couldn't get out of the first. And then there were some moments where, you know, Arkansas kind of got back into it. They scored a run on the Graham. He just lost the ball in the sun there early. They were talking about that, about how difficult that sun was at that time of the day, and you saw it. They got that run, and then Ole Miss got two back, and then Arkansas got two back. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a weird game. I thought the way that Ole Miss just kept scoring, they got another two. I, mean, I think he brought Ramage in, you know, because it looked like Van Horn was, okay, I'm going to try to use the meat of my bullpen for a minute and see if we can throw up some zeros and see what happens. And he couldn't throw up any zeros. I thought that was critical. Ole Miss, just like you said, kept applying pressure. And then I can't remember what inning it was. Arkansas had two on, two out for uh, Braden Webb at the plate, if I remember correctly. And um, one of the very few times the whole game that Hunter Elliott sort of made a mistake and Webb hit it hard and hit it a long way but hit it foul. And then after that he got him out, I think on a fly out. I can't remember. But after that, it was, it was over. That was, that, was kind of a, that was kind of it. And then they, you know, they, they piled on. They got more runs and kind of forced 
he kind of forced Van Horn to do today what the Stanford coach had to do on Saturday, which was, all right, I'm going to have to keep my powder dry because now Arkansas is in a tough spot where you've got to beat Auburn and then you got to try to beat Ole Miss twice. And I'll be honest with you, Brian, I don't think either Auburn or Arkansas has the goods to pull this off. I don't either. And I think from the Arkansas side of it, you kind of saw that today. You mentioned him rolling the dice with Morris, and it was interesting trying to figure out what exactly was up with the Auburn rotation and their pitching staff as a whole coming into this game because when Ole Miss saw them in late April, I believe behind Connor Nolan, they saw Hagen Smith in game two yeah, and Wiggins in game three. Yeah. And after that, when Arkansas really started struggling and kind of got into a bad way to the point where they were kind of a weak two seed in that Stillwater Regional, uh, the, the pitching had clearly tapered off. And so they hit so well throughout the regional and super regional play, they hadn't had to figure that out. And Connor Nolan, to his credit, has been really good for them. But beyond that, they've just been kind of piecemealing it together. Yeah. And when you run into a number two like Connor Elliott, which really no one else has, at least on this side of the bracket, really not in this tournament, it becomes a bit of an issue. And you're right. They, he rolled the dice and it didn't work. I, I thought that kid was about ready to pee his pants after about the first five hitters. He looked kind of not necessarily prepared for the moment, started really guiding the ball, and from there it was off to the races. I thought you nailed it with the fourth inning scenario. That's exactly what happened. And if you'll remember, they had brought in Wiggins for the top of the fourth inning, and he had worked pretty quickly. He got a couple strikeouts. I think Alderman worked a walk somewhere in between there, but a pretty quiet inning. Yeah, he threw a zero up in the fourth. And, 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 yeah, you know, and then when – Elliot gets out of that. What does Ole Miss do in the top of the fifth? Well, they score four on Wiggins, get him out of the game, and from there it was it, it was over by all intents and purposes, and that really allowed Elliot to settle in as well. You know, we talk about this all the time. To win in the postseason, to win a championship, that is, you always have to over you, you have an Achilles heel, you have to overcome it or it bites you. And I said earlier today on the Oxford Exxon podcast, I guess if you're listening to this on Tuesday, I said it on Monday morning, this this was kind of the day of reckoning for Arkansas because their weakness is they don't have that second starter. Uh, you know, I was a little surprised they didn't go with Will McIntyre today, but they did what they did, and I understood the gamble he was taking because the truth is you've got that moment of reckoning. In the same way had Ole Miss lost tonight, their moment of reckoning would come tomorrow because it's it's you got to decide what you're going to do about a third starter. But it, it hit them today, and so, you know, the punishment is you're probably not getting out of this regional if you will the the your foursome in, in omaha so i'm curious to get your thoughts moving forward a little bit omis doesn't play tomorrow they get to sit back have an off day in omaha auburn and arkansas will play one another tomorrow night at six if you're Ole Miss, which one do you want and how do you approach it from a pitching standpoint i think you want auburn because you know without really knowing the too far in depth of the back end of each of their those teams pitching staffs and their bullpens I would not want to face that Arkansas offense again. I think I'd rather face Auburn's offense. And without, you know, excuse me, knowing Auburn's bullpen situation, they got a couple of good arms that kind of set up the game to Burkhalter. But beyond that, their starting pitching is kind of similar to Arkansas. It's been a little bit more consistent, but in terms of guys that scare you, there's just not really anyone there. So I think I'd rather have Auburn. And then I guess the question after that kind of becomes, who do you throw if you're Ole Miss? I would think it's Jack Washburn. Um, unless Mike Bianco kind of looks at the numbers between the two offenses and there's some sort of crazy lefty-righty split in favor of right-handers for the opponent, you might go with John Gaddis. But I would assume it's Washburn. What do you think they do there? I would, um, 
I would be tempted if I were Mike on Wednesday in that big ballpark. I would be I would be tempted. You can talk me out of this probably pretty quickly. I would be tempted to throw Diamond and see if I could get three innings from him and then go to a Washburn-type starter in the middle innings and then see if I could get it to my bullpen because my bullpen's still going to be really fresh on Wednesday, and if I have a lead, I go for the kill. Um, because you have you have the – it's a security blanket on one hand that you know you have Delusia that you can go to on Thursday if it doesn't work out on Wednesday. But you don't want to do that because if you have to go to Delusia on Thursday, realistically, you don't have him for the championship series. And at this point, you're trying to win the damn thing. And so I, I don't know. I mean, Washburn, when was the last time Washburn started a game? Oh, it had to have been a while ago. I, there's no way it was that Southeastern Louisiana game that almost seems like two seasons ago. I'm guessing he started one in between them, but I don't have it in front of me. But you're right. it's It's been a while. And it's probably different to your point that it's not a winner-take-all game, right? I thought in the Super Regional, them going TBA for Game 3 uh, was pretty significant. I don't think if yeah. it had gotten to a Game 3, you could run Derek Diamond out there. But to your point, with it not being – uh, a winner-take-all situation, can you try to get three out of diamond there? And maybe that's what they do, and that's probably what Mike ends up doing. My only counter to that, and this is projecting pretty far out, but you're going to face a team that's kind of running on fubes pitching-wise. You're going to have the upper hand in that regard, and maybe it doesn't matter with the way your offense is hitting the ball, but it seems like the only thing you wouldn't need to do early in that game is to give up a you know a crooked number in the first two innings where you find yourself down 5 nothing or 4-1, yeah. and the other team's able to kind of hold on for dear life. I just think that Diamond would be the most susceptible to that. Maybe that part plays better for him, but in terms of balls that wouldn't be held by any ballparks, including a couple of national parks, he would seem the most susceptible to kind of giving up home runs like that maybe i'm wrong there i probably actually in the end of the day tend to side with you that it ends up being diamond but i would give a hard look at washburn as well and potentially gaddis because you know it's it's the it's the thing for ole miss is that and they might be listen ole miss there's a path that they never have to deal with it but no there's not i'm I'm talking out loud to myself at some point ole miss's thing i hate the stupid bots man um for ole miss at some point they uh they've got to address that third starter. You got to face that head on and so I don't know. I'm talking know kind of talking mean, out right? loud to like, myself. They have to address it tomorrow, but like tomorrow's not now or never. I mean, it is in like a sense, right? You don't want to chance the winner take all, but like there they there is a chance they don't have to address it with their season on the line. There's a chance they don't have to address that third starter with, you know, you lose and it's over. Yeah, well you can you can get out of the regional round without having to address it, but if you if if that's the case, that means that you you know you lost Wednesday, you you, you throw Delusia on Thursday, you win, you have a party, but then when you get to Saturday, Delusia's not available. Elliot is, but then you've got to face it at that point in Game Two of a of a championship series. You you now you're having to figure out potentially two games with with without Delusia as a starter. So I don't know, kind of. Kind of curious to see what route they go, but I'll tell you this. It's the problem you want to have. You'd rather have that problem than what Auburn and, and Arkansas are staring at today, which is getting through each other and then getting through that offense twice. That, that Ole Miss offense, man, it might not matter. Bottom line, the way they're scoring, it, it, you, you might not have to have great pitching. You could probably – in fact, you probably could just get away 
winning this thing, especially against a depleted offense, a, a depleted pitching staff, the way Ole Miss hits, it might not matter, Brian. What do you make of the the offensive resurgence through this postseason? Because to me, the more and more I watch it, it looks more like what everyone thought it would be from February on. You you, you mentioned a phrase a second ago that apl- continuing to apply pressure. To me, that's kind of been the theme of this offense in the postseason. Like they missed a couple opportunities against Palmquist for Miami, but they kept at it. And that wasn't a great offensive performance by any means, but they made the most of an opportunity in the seventh and did enough to win that game. But even against Waldrop and Hall, they got runners on early. They missed a couple opportunities, but they kept at it and kept at it and kept taxing them and making them throw high-stress pitches. And by the time they got the second and third time through the order, they finally broke them. And that's just something this offense hasn't really done for most of the year, but they're they're doing it every time out now. And that's, you know, I say that's what's fueling this run. The pitching staff has been absurd, but I think the biggest turnaround with this team as the pitching staff has taken shape is just the fact the offense kind of finally became some semblance sort of what everyone thought they would be. And, I guess it's a good time to get hot because, man, they're clicking on all cylinders and they're a nightmare to face right now. I mean, you went, I mean, your nine hole hitter went four for whatever tonight, Calvin Harris, and then you got bench at the top. It, there's just not a whole lot of weakness in there right now, particularly if Harris is going to hit that well. And even a guy like Garrett Wood with McCants not being completely healthy, like, you know, he's not, I guess, tearing it up from just a hitting number standpoint, but he has really good at bats. He walks a lot, and there's never been a moment where you thought, ah, they shouldn't have started that kid or he's not prepared for the moment. And that's really made a difference because one through nine, they're they're a really tough bunch to get out. Yeah, I I love their approach at the plate. They're not chasing many pitches. Um, I mean, every once in a while they chase, and you know, but their two-strike approach has been terrific. Um, they're They're hitting at the top of the lineup. They've got the power in the middle, um, and then they're getting kind of consistent uh, at bats from the bottom of the lineup too. I mean, you know, whether it's whether it's Peyton Chatney or, um, and by the way, Peyton and I apparently have been saying his name wrong throughout the the course of the season. So I'll have to talk to him about that. <laughs> that was um, something. Um, whether that was it's like, him, remember or, Cam Deshaun? Yeah. <laughs> the public address announcer used to kind of add some French flair to it. That that would put that one in shame. <laughs> whether it's that or 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 uh, it's Calvin Harris today. It's it's kind of different people, different times, and um, they're, they're just they're just getting contributions up and down the lineup. There's no easy out. And um, and even when guys are getting out, like today, there was I can't remember who hit it, but I mean they damn near killed one of the Arkansas pitchers, and the, the it he it, it was the play that it was he fielded it just by instinct. Kudos to him because I think he was going to get hurt, and and he made the throw to third that was he was so rattled from the velocity off the bat that the, the throw to third was bad. I I don't know who that was. Maybe it was Wiggins. I can't remember. I but, think it was one of the two times they got Bench out. I think Bench hit it. So, like, he was four for six, and the other one he almost decapitated a guy. Yeah, that was the hardest to hit a ball. I mean, yeah, there's just there's there's just kind of a lot there. And they when you're doing that, hitting's contagious. And um, when you're doing that, it takes pressure off other guys. It's the it's the exact antithesis of what they went through in April where everyone was, was trying to hit a 10-run home run every time up. Now no one has to do that. You you have confidence in the guy in front of you. You have confidence in the guy behind you. You all have traffic on the base paths. That's putting pressure on pitching. Um, it's just a really solid approach. I mean, even the other day when you know the right-handers were having a hard time with the slider from Gonzalez, 
they they were able to do enough to create runs. A lot of those like four of the five runs against Auburn came with two outs. That's usually a sign of a pretty healthy offense. That it it's it's not it, it's not necessarily that you're you know blasting somebody right out of the gate. You're just you're just getting contributions up and down the lineup. You're you're scoring runs with two uh, with two outs. You're putting pressure on opposing teams. You're getting into bullpens. I mean the whole recipe, and they've done it. They they did it a good bit against Auburn, and they did it completely tonight against Arkansas. And their approach from the start, you mentioned liking their approach. It's the, their ability to do it from the first inning on has allowed them to never really play from behind after the first two regional games. I mean, they get the two comeback wins, their first two wins when trailing after six innings or entering the sixth of the year. After that, they've been ahead the entire time, which – seemingly I would think frees you up and they've been playing with a lot of energy and enthusiasm and look if you're not playing that way in a super regional in a college world series game then what are you doing here but just the fact that they've never had to go dig yet and had to like climb out of a hole and get themselves back into a game they've been the aggressors throughout this entire run and I think that's really had an effect on their opponents as well yeah that's why you know I'm with you I think if I'm if I'm Ole Miss I'd rather play Auburn than I would Arkansas, um, just because of the offense. Uh, Auburn's offense is not as up and down, consistent as Arkansas's is typically. But um, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know that it matters. Um, I don't. You could I mean, try to. I mean, I don't know Auburn's pitching staff well enough to kind of come up with what their road to three wins in three days would be. I, I, I don't think it exists for for Arkansas. It's you've got to have a great outing from McIntyre tomorrow. I think you'd have to scrap the whole Hagen Smith and the bullpen thing, and you'd have to go to him on Thursday on Wednesday against Ole Miss. He had some success against him in Fayetteville, but boy, it was a different Ole Miss lineup at the time. And then if you got to Thursday, you'd, you'd have to turn around and go to Connor Noland. I mean, there, there's a path, but to say that it is narrow is an understatement. Yeah, and that's probably at the end of the day why you would want Auburn too, because Auburn doesn't really have the Connor Nolan. If it does get to that Thursday, I mean, if if if, if it gets to Thursday and it's Ole Miss Arkansas and a winner take on Connor Nolan's out there, it feels a lot more of a level playing field, even if it's not from a back end pitching standpoint. To where I just don't think Auburn has that. Um, that Gonzalez has been pretty good for them. Uh, Bright has been okay, but there's no one that's a bona fide ace on that staff like you would get with Nolan to where all of a sudden if you wake up Thursday and you're facing Connor Nolan, Dylan DeLucia, I'd probably still like Ole Miss's chances, but you're sweating it a hell of a lot more. Yeah, Bright was pretty good today, by the way, um, against uh, against Stanford. He, he kind of held in there, and then Auburn got some big hits, and the back the back part of that bullpen, Buckhalter, Buckhalter's amazing. I mean, I don't know how much you watched of that game. That dude is unreal. So uh, that that'll be an interesting game tomorrow. Someone's coming out of the SEC West, and it certainly looks like it's um, looks like it's Ole Miss. Hey, I uh, really appreciate the time tonight. Thank you. Absolutely, Neil. Have a good one. All right, Brian. That was Brian Rippey. Thanks for his time here on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. I'm going to get Jeffrey still waiting to hear from Chase. I'm sure he's doing post game stuff right now. We'll get to him from Omaha in a little bit, find out what the some of the reaction was from um, from the postgame. I imagine it was a pretty happy postgame. Getting Jeffrey right on the phone now. While we're doing that, appreciate to uh, all you guys, more than a 1,000 of you on the stream right now. Jeffrey? 
Hello. How are you, sir? Well, I'm, you know, my my home survived a uh 10 run a 10 run ninth inning that I was told was guaranteed about to happen. So, uh we're 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 thriving right now. This team looks like a championship team right now. I know there's still work to do. They're three wins from a national championship, one from a, a national championship series. They certainly look like one of those kind of teams right now. Do you agree? I don't really know at this point how you can disagree. I mean, I think if you wanted to say, well, what's the concern? The one concern would be if they, if, you know, something that we've talked about here, if they get off script, and then I think the other concern is they're still not shut down on defense. But, I mean, we're kind of nitpicking there, if we're being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hold Graham's play against him. He just lost the ball in the sun. Um, Gonzalez was a little shaky at times in, in the middle infield. He makes up for it with his bat more nights than more more times than often more often than not is what i'm trying to say you can tell it's 10 30 on a on a monday night um i yeah i guess their defense isn't locked down their defense has never been locked down so it's probably not going to suddenly become locked down but the way that they're swinging the bats the way that they're pitching i'm i'm not sure it really matters no i i started off taking taking some notes and so this was kind of what i thought was interesting to me the first two pitches from morris were low strikes and they were the type of strikes that i thought at best were borderline but more importantly if i'm justin bench they're really kind of frustrating like yeah, like are you really you're gonna call that and he just immediately after going down oh two he just rips one through the right side, you know, it was a it was not a good pitch on O two, obviously, but at the same time, I thought that was foreboding because Justin Bench hit the barrel every single time tonight. Yeah. Like I know he only finishes four for six, but even the two times he got out, like he absolutely, I mean, he almost killed the kid on the on the ball right back up the middle, and every single time, man, he was just barreling it up. But yet again, it's okay, go down 0-2, no panic. We're going to send a ball to the right side. We get on base. Gonzalez kind of has that swinging bunt, and now you have a runner on second with one out. Elko takes the you know the big cut on 2-1, and one, and then he kind of hits the weak ground ball, but it gets him to third. And then uh, I really thought it was, it was a, a good plan by Graham. You got the lefty-lefty matchup. He basically went up there and said, hey, this guy's thrown kind of a get-me-over-breaking ball every single time first pitch, or he's thrown the first you know, four guys get-me-over-breaking balls, and he was looking for it. He didn't miss it, and all of a sudden, you know, it's one to nothing. Then Morris clearly struggled from that point forward. You know, he couldn't find the strike zone. I thought it was interesting, though. You get, you get the two runs, and you get the lead, and I thought that was important. I was curious to see how they would respond because it was a two-run inning that felt like, man, that could have been a really big inning. You had a shaky guy on the mound. You had him loaded up. It was, you know, if you got a big hit, it, it was it could have felt like the floodgates were going to come open. And then on top of that, you have the long sit for Elliott after he warmed up. And so I was I was really curious to see how the next inning would go. And 
I don't think Elliot would even say he had his best stuff tonight, but he just kept competing. Yeah, he, he didn't. He wasn't super sharp early. The umpire had a tight zone. Um, he he didn't let that rattle him. I thought there was a couple of spots where he he was a little frustrated, where I th- think he thought he was being squeezed. But he he he's kind of unflappable to me. That's his strength as much as his changeup is is his mental toughness. He didn't get. He didn't let that bother him. You know, um, he's kind of kept doing his things. And I, Brian and I talked about, I don't know if you were listening, in the four, I think it was the fourth, it was six to three. Arkansas had thrown a zero up for the first time in the top half of the inning, and they had two on and, um, and two out. He was pitching to Webb, and he made a mistake, and Webb hit it, but he got out in front of it a little bit. And, um, he got him out, and then after that, he was just he, he was on cruise control through those middle innings, and and that was the end for Arkansas. Yeah, I really felt the important thing, especially the way the game was going early, because you could tell there was a lot of energy, and just kind of had the feeling of like, oh my god, these two teams just almost in Arkansas. It doesn't really matter what the sport is; these guys just play like drunken games. I thought it was going to be really important of who the first zero, and Elliot did, and then he put up three more to follow it and I think in the end the difference in the game is Ole Miss had an Ole Miss not only had an option to start on the mound like Ole Miss had a guy that they were thrilled to give the baseball to and the thing that just continues to impress me about this team throughout the postseason is man they just they're just always like on just kind of cruise control. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. And then obviously when you get the type of performance from the bottom part of your order, I mean, Calvin Harris just absolutely smoked the baseball all night. And when you get that type of production late, it has to wear on your opponent. And you're sitting there going like, man, we can't even get, we can't even get the bottom part of the order out. Like they're getting two runs every inning. And, and, you know, I just think it was very, very key for Ole Miss to just feel like that they were always just all gas, no breaks. And the more and more, the more and more zeros they put up, you could tell it was going to put Arkansas in a position to where they were going to have to decide, all right, are we going to try to do everything we can to come back and win this game? Or are we going to have to wave the white flag? Yeah. And, you know, punt, hey, we, you know, if you get into the loser's bracket, you're going to need all these guys. And I think once they kind of got to the sixth, and that was the third straight zero, I think that was when you saw Arkansas just decide, all right, well, we're going to have to go win a game tomorrow night. So, you know, I, I, I just thought it was important. We're talking about run differential so much in this series, or in the postseason. But this is kind of, again, there was problems with, like, the stat broadcast in Coral Gables, but I gone back and done it by hand the bigger stat to me is best i can tell Ole Miss has only trailed for two and a half innings throughout the postseason and if you like want me to distill down to why do i think that they're having so much success it's that because they have the they have the older team they have the more experienced team they feel unflappable and anytime you give a team that has that much experience and and you you are constantly letting them play with a lead, it just feels like it, that is exactly what we're talking about. Why does this team feel like a championship team? It's like they get ahead and they stay ahead. 
going to get to Chase in a few minutes, and I'll ask him this, and maybe he already knows the answer. Um, if you're Bianco on Wednesday, does it matter who you play in terms of what you do with the pitching staff, or do you do you have a path that you you go to on Wednesday, hoping to finish this thing? In terms of, in terms of, uh, that's fascinating. I think the answer has to be you want to play Auburn because Auburn doesn't have a Connor Nolan. And in the end, if you if you get to Thursday and it's a winner go home and, and they've got their best, presumably at that point you're throwing Delusia. Sure. But, I mean, he's not fully rested. I think you'd rather just take your chances with Auburn. And to me, while Auburn kind of feels like they have that team that's there with nothing to lose and, and they're playing free, I'm still way more afraid of that Arkansas lineup. I mean, you know, it's really a, a testament to how good Elliott was because I thought Arkansas had a pretty good approach at the plate all night. You could tell early they wanted to get his pitch count up, and I think they were pretty successful at that. You know, they were. Yeah, they they had they had him at seventy or they had him seventy. I think yeah, it's at seventy-five pitches through thirty uh, through four innings because I did the math. It's like okay, he's averaging like eighteen and eighteen an inning. And then he had the quick fifth, and that was. Cool. Yeah, he was terrific. He just he got when he got after he got Webb out in the fourth to get out of that jam. Because I mean, he had, Webb hit that ball hard, and you're like, okay, well, this is this is interesting. You wonder if he's tiring. It was a super hot just, night and all that stuff. And then after that, he was just fantastic. Yep. Fifth and well, he sixth, was setting him up for he was just he, he wanted him to to feel like he could barrel one up and hit it as far as he could. But it was just a long strike. Yeah. It was just a long strike. Yeah, it was. There, there probably were some hearts that skipped a beat when when the ball left that bat. Do you go with Diamond? Do you go with Washburn? Do you do you do a bullpen day? What do you What do you do if you're Mike on Wednesday? What's the wind report? Well, it was interesting. I was listening to that during the game today. It was blowing in. Um, they're talking about starting tomorrow. The wind's going to be blowing out. If the wind's blowing in. And I know this may sound dumb. I'm starting Derek Diamond. If the wind's blowing in, I mean that guy, he can give you some fly balls. And I, I, I think this is what it really boils down to for me. I followed Mike for a long time. When he believes in somebody, even if the empirical evidence suggests he shouldn't, he's going to believe in them. But what I really think it boils down to with Ole Miss right now is Ole Miss has a path to a national championship. And for me, it's you have to get you have to get to the championship series with Delusia and with Elliott rested. Yeah. And your best chance, in my opinion, is to throw Diamond probably. It also does feel like Diamond doesn't really get roughed up till the second time through the order if you could guarantee me that mike is going to have the approach of when we get to the second time through the order with diamond and there's the first sign of trouble then we're going to start to use this fresh bullpen i think that's the best approach yeah i do but, too. you know i mean I, i'm willing to sit there and listen to other ideas this isn't me being you know this isn't me being square peg round hole Yeah, no, I think I'm the same way. I, I would try to get him through a lineup one time, and then depending on what the score was, 
if I had a big lead, I might let him go another. I might try to get a little bit more out of him. But if it's close, I I, I go to my pen and I try to close it out because I'm I'm like you. You have the luxury of of having a an insurance policy in your back pocket, but you don't want to use it because if you use it on Thursday, you don't have it in the championship series uh, if you get there. So that's something that you. The other thing that I, I, I think is noteworthy, and Chase will probably maybe have more information on this, did Johnson get hurt? I, I'm gonna, we're going to find out in a minute. Because I, I know they were talking about his front foot, and I thought the thing that was interesting was when he was kind of throwing like the observational like warm-up tosses, do you see how like he had his front foot like pigeon-toed at almost like a 45-degree angle? Yeah, because he, he kind of fell over it. I'm, it's one of the things I'm curious to ask Chase about in a minute is what, what they said about that. And he, he gave up the home run to Stovall immediately thereafter, but he did get the last couple outs. But I don't know. You know, I mean, he hadn't pitched in a while either. And sometimes closers, when they just haven't when they haven't gotten any work, and, and he had not had any work in two-plus weeks. I'll tell you what he definitely had. Did you ever have that uh, time when maybe you would get like two weeks off and then you went down to throw it down to second in the first inning for the first time, and all of a sudden, like, you know, maybe it's been tailing off and one hopping in during, like, the dog days of the summer, and then all of a sudden you, you threw it down, like, just on a frozen rope. You're like, ooh, my arm feels good. Yeah. That was what it looked like when he, when he came out of the pen because it looked like – I mean, he throws hard to begin with, but it looked like it had even more life on it. Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure his arm does feel great. He he probably wanted to get work. They wanted him to get some work, and uh, I, I, he looked like he's fine. But we'll we'll ask Chase here in just a minute. By the way, he just told me he's good to go. So we're gonna get to him. I appreciate your time as always. Last thing though, yeah, sure. Are we in agreement the Lanzilli kid being the alcohol supervisor or whatever? Like <laughs> the idea that they were trying to say like that is somebody you want to hang out with. Okay, in theory, maybe, but when you looked at that pit, that picture of him, that did not scream, I'm the nice cop. That screamed, I am the guy that loves authority, and yeah. at no point would I ever want to hang out with him. No, he, looked, he looked like, he, if it doesn't work out in the baseball thing, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a future in security. Excuse <laughs> me, <you>, sir. <laughs> hey, buddy, I appreciate you. All right. That's Jeffrey Wright. Thanks to him uh, for joining us. Take a break in the podcast to give a special thanks to the Clearwater Group, the primary sponsor of all your College World Series coverage here at rebelgrove.com. The Clearwater Group's been a uh, a friend of the podcast, of the website, for a good bit of time, for years now. I really appreciate their support to uh, get us to Omaha and cover Ole Miss in the College World Series. The Clearwater Group's a Mississippi-based public affairs firm focused on lobbying, communications, grassroots advocacy issues, they represent a wide range of national and state businesses and associations who are involved in healthcare, gaming, engineering, education, telecommunications, finance, and a number num- number of other industries. They have a proven track record of guiding successful client issues involving the legislature, state agencies, and local government entities. So if your business has any issues or projects being considered by state officials, partner with the Clearwater Group, clearwatergroupm.ms, to find out more from them. Really a special thanks for them. Podcast also brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery. That's Johnson Hill Creamery just off Molly Bar in Oxford on White Oak Lane. And they've got a cheese class coming up. That's July 14th, 6 to 730. It's located there at their shop. It's uh, limited to 12 people per class. So take advantage of it. Go ahead. 
sign up now. It includes a uh, flour cheese press demo, a sopressata folding demo, three ways to style cheese, decorating with fruit and flowers, charcuterie board, building workshops, snacks, refreshments, even a dessert. You take your uh, creation home when you are ready for that. So space is limited. Go ahead, give them a call. That's 662-419-9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Use code MPW for $20 off your first order with Prime Shrimp. They have five great flavors. The uh, The signature blend is my favorite. They also have the Louisiana Shrimp Bowl, a little spicier option. That's great in their current, uh, their new, their two new latest ones. They've got the uh, garlic herb butter. You put it over pasta, veggies, rice, a great creation there for you. Also, Simply Shrimp. It's great for kids. Get a little more of a discerning palate. You can season it yourself. It's uh, just the shrimp. Again, restaurant quality shrimp in under 10 minutes ships straight to your door. Use code MPW for $20 off your first order. Again, that's primeshrimp.com. Podcast also brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Now you got all underwriting and processing is done in Memphis, so you're getting local, local underwriting and understand your market, a leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. And then the podcast is also brought to you by Northeast Spark. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, the Blaze, the 1 gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at his home as well. So take advantage of Spark, your hometown team, bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Chase is ready from Omaha, so I'm going to get to him now. Fucking there's his number. Hello, Neil. Hello, Chase. Chase Parham, live from Omaha. Um, I'm going to guess that was a pretty happy press conference. Pretty happy press conference. Really confident press conference. I mean, I know it's kind of a dust statement a little bit, but uh, the players, they it's, it's superstition. It's baseball, but it's also it's also real. It's how they're playing. They both, you know, Calvin Harris, Justin Bench, Hunter Elliott, all in the uh, in the press conference along with Mike, and they talked about being hot being a very real thing, confidence being a really a big thing, and then momentum being a real thing and that's what Ole Miss has got on all ways right now I mean you look at it they're 7-0 in the NCAA tournament they're outscoring opponents 64-17 to I mean it's kind of crazy to say at this point I mean they're just routing everybody and they've set this thing up perfectly from a pitching standpoint they haven't had to use much of their bullpen they used Brandon Johnson today just to use him because he had not pitched yet against Miami or since, since Miami and uh you know it's it's set up as well as you can go I mean it is it is absolutely it's a it's a confident team we talked about this two days ago it's not a group that's talking about being the last at large in. It's talking about a group that was number one in the country in March. They're feeding off that. They're feeding off the fact that they have everything sort of in order and they're at their best selves right now. And it's it, it's hard, frankly, it's hard to see a team coming in and, and beating them twice on Wednesday and Thursday and not advancing to the championship series. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, a couple things that we're curious about. <laughs> Saw Brandon Johnson fall uh, in the ninth. Is he okay? He's fine. Yeah, uh, all good there. I think it was probably a startling moment for Mike where he probably second-guessed himself for a second said that uh, he contemplated not doing it just because of the lead. He, he Mike is a big believer, whether you believe in it or not, of adrenaline for closers. And if it's not somewhat close, he doesn't think they're at their best selves. He thinks that it's kind of hard for those guys to pitch with the lead where it doesn't have the same type of situation on it when it's uh, when it's a safe situation. So I think that in some ways he hated giving up the two-run homer. He hated bringing him in like that and then obviously avoiding the, the injury there. But he said he just wanted to get him more, get him on the mound, get him kind of acclimated to the park after not throwing 
in the Super Regional last weekend, I, I could see it both ways. We were kind of debating in the press box what we thought about it. But all in all, he didn't throw enough pitches to, to matter. He'll be fine on a Wednesday or Thursday if that comes into a safe situation. And Ole Miss, they don't know who they're starting, but they're pretty dang set up with, with Mallets and Johnson uh, for, the, for the bracket final. So let's talk about Wednesday. Obviously, uh, Ole Miss has the day off. They, they'll wait for Auburn and Arkansas to settle things in an elimination game tomorrow night. What do you anticipate them doing from a pitching standpoint on Wednesday night? Uh, real quick before we do that, uh, Auburn is going to throw Mason Barnett tomorrow, Arkansas throwing uh, McIntyre. So that'll be your starting, your, your, your starting probables for uh, for that game tomorrow. You know, I, I don't know. It's kind of fascinating. I think it will depend on who uh, who they play. I think it's, if it's Arkansas, there's a possibility of it being John Gaddis, the left-hander. He's, he's somewhat similar to Elliott's. So I don't know if they'll try to mix it up from that standpoint, but I think they have enough left-handers to maybe go that route. Um, and then if it's Auburn, I don't know because – they don't really have any lefties. It wouldn't be Gaddis. I don't think they would go left-hander. I think you're looking at, do you give Diamond a shot without the pressure? Because, you know, you've got Thursday. If it comes to that, you can still go to Derek at that point. I don't think he would have been the starter in game three in Hattiesburg had that game happened. I think Jared, I, I think Washburn, Jack Washburn is a really good candidate. I think he maybe would be who I guess, if I'm just educated, guessing at this point. So I think you're looking at Washburn, Diamond, Gaddis as the uh, three option. But I do think it's team-dependent. I think you can remove the left-hander if it's Auburn. I think the left-hander comes into play if it's Arkansas. But the big thing for Ole Miss is going to be just find a way to survive, probably even just through the fifth. I think after that, they'd be more than willing to try to get six outs from Mallet, six outs from Johnson, and put that thing away and move forward, especially with the day off on potentially Thursday and then Friday for uh, for sure. It's, it sets up really well to kind of be able to use all your guns. I think that us to throw at some point, depending on the opponent. But right now, I think Mike is probably trying to debate whether it's Washburn or Diamond if it's a right-hander, and then he has Gaddis sitting there if he wants a lefty. Yeah, you have an insurance policy like we were talking about a minute ago, but damn, you don't want to use it. I mean, you you really because you're probably going to blow some bullpen too if you use it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not just that you use a game. It's okay. Who am I use pitching wise to do that when you've got them down right now? And Arkansas doesn't really know how in the crap they're going to get through three games. Auburn, frankly, doesn't have the pitching to get through three games. They don't. Being completely honest, that 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 would be an incredibly tall order. So for the Tigers and the Razorbacks aren't in good shape. You know, to the point that Dave Van Horn overthought it today. He did the same thing today. That, that was my next question. Alabama. He yeah. looked at Ole Miss's splits and got analytics heavy and said, oh, God, just throw the left-hander because that's what's going to work. He couldn't throw strikes. The moment was too big for Zach Morris today. It didn't work out. He should have just started Wiggins, started McIntyre, and just threw his best gun and tried to stay in the game because I thought Wiggins had some early juice, but then once Ole Miss got to him with four, that's when Van Horn threw the white flag, gave it up, and made sure he didn't use anybody that would matter the rest of the week. Yeah, I understood what he was doing analytically, but it, it's not what I would have done. I think I would have, I would have gone with the guy that got me a win on Saturday in Chapel Hill in the second game. I would have handed him the ball and said, "Let's, you know, they had because I thought they had." And Jeffrey talked about this a minute ago. I thought they had a good plan against Elliott, and for a little while it was kind of working. They were running his pitch count up. They were getting him in some trouble. They had some opportunities. But when he couldn't get any outs with his pitching, it really negated that. And I probably would have thrown McIntyre because now their path is they've got to go McIntyre on Tuesday. I think they have to get Hagen Smith out of the bullpen and give him the ball on Wednesday. Use bullpen, and then you you hand the ball. If you get to Thursday, you you hand it to Nolan and go. It's it's we're either going to win or lose with you. That and like we were talking about with Jeffrey. That there's a path there, but that is a really narrow path. So you think they would throw Nolan on Wednesday or Thursday if it came to that? 
Yeah, I would I would think you'd have to hold him for Thursday. I mean, unless unless you think he's rubber armed enough to go out and give you a long outing on on Wednesday. I mean, he pitched a lot of pitches on. I mean, not a lot of pitches, but he went. It was heat and stuff, and it was Saturday. I think you'd have to give him till Thursday to rest. So, I well, think- the, the other issue they have tomorrow is you're just assuming. I mean, we're not 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 criticizing you, but in general, we're assuming that they're not going to need Hagen Smith to win the game. I mean, you have to win her. The next day's not going to matter. Yeah. If it gets deep into the back, back of the end of the bullpen, it's going to be all Hagen Smith to try to close it out. I mean, yeah. so it's possible that, I mean, if Ole Miss, what, I mean, for Ole Miss's best interest, they want Auburn to win a, ba- you know, they want Auburn to win a baseball game, but if not, they want Hagen Smith to be exhausted all the way through when they get to Wednesday. That's the recipe for the problems. Yeah, sure. No, I, and I guess what I'm saying is if I'm, if I'm Van Horn, that's probably – I'm, I'm having. I'm going to Tigert and some of those others that haven't worked before I go to Smith because in the back of my mind I'm trying to save Smith for for uh, Wednesday. And, and, and it sounded like that's probably what it's going to do. I mean, he was incredibly frustrated. Van Horn, who can kind of get sour anyway when anything doesn't necessarily go right, but he was, you know, Auburn. I mean, Auburn, Arkansas walked ten hitters today. Ten. And, and Ole Miss took advantage of it. I mean, somebody asked, you know, what was Ole Miss doing that allowed him to be successful offensively? And he said, well, there were tons of 2-0 counts and 3-1 counts, and it's not very hard to hit when that's going on, which is right. I mean, yeah, he's, not, I mean he's not wrong. He's not there, wrong. The guys yeah. just could not get the baseball over the plate. And it's just showing that, look, we've talked about it all year. It's coming to fruition now that no team necessarily has a ton of pitching depth. Everybody has that as the Achilles heel. There's no great staff in this thing. It's all about who manages the top line of their rotation, the top line of their bullpen the best. And that's why Ole Miss is 2-0. That's why Oklahoma is 2-0. And that's why everybody else is scrambling because there's just not enough arms to go around anywhere else. And, you know, look, Ole Miss has a chance to win a game on Wednesday, but we talked about this. Today was Arkansas's Achilles heel, and it completely bit them, and it snapped in half. Now Ole Miss has to fight off its to uh, to get some championship series. Yeah, the difference is the way that Ole Miss is hitting the baseball top to bottom, they might be able to just sort of slug their way through one of those games. I mean, you did all that today with Peyton Chatagnier, who's been really good lately for Ole Miss going 0 for 5. I mean, Garrett Wood is giving Ole Miss really good at bats. I, I, did, I didn't like swinging at the first pitch when the second guy came in today, when Taylor came in right after uh, Morris was walking everybody. But otherwise, Wood's been really good. He's been able to get on base. He's scoring. He's having RBIs. And then Calvin Harris has been a force. Calvin Harris gets inserted in Miami. He's had 10 hits in the postseason since that point. He had three today. He had four RBIs. He launched the ball out to right field. I mean, Harris has become a significant offensive weapon at the bottom of that order. And when Ole Miss can turn it like that, you know, Mike talked about it at the press conference, and it's one thing to have a, a scary order that's the top of the order or the middle of the order. But when you're eight and nine guys are producing and you've got shot in who's got nine, ten home runs, can run the ball out of the ballpark at seven, that's so dangerous because there's just no easy outs. We always talk about that, just pressuring pitchers. Even if you don't get hits, and you get out, you still are putting pressure. You're running balls deep into counts. You can scare them enough. That's so many high leverage, high you know, high situation pitches where eventually that thing's going to snap. That's what Ole Miss did today. When they finally ran into it, it was just contagious, and they scored two runs in three straight innings and then put it away there in the fifth. What will the team do tomorrow? I think they're going to have to light practice in the morning. They have not given us the information on that yet because I don't know if it was superstition or what, but it has not been public what they're doing as far as uh, – his work, I expect they'll be back at Creighton sometime 9, 10, 11 o'clock. And then I think just kind of rest up. I don't think tomorrow's a day where the relievers need to throw. Mike got all that out of the way two days ago to make sure if anybody needed a little extra work, that's when they were going to get it. So I expect tomorrow to be rest, stay out of the heat, watch the games, hope for extra innings. And they'll get they'll do enough to kind of keep them out of trouble, to stretch them around a little bit. But, no, it's going to be a light day. I think he's going to tell the guys, to, for the most part, to put their feet up and get ready for Wednesday. 
What are you going to do? You going to go to the zoo? You going to what are you going to do? <laughs> um, find find a hotel would be a good start. Um, but so you know, just just come here a few more days. We got to figure that out. The zoo's good. It's kind of hot. I mean, today it was like one hundred two on heat index. It was a uh, you know, it doesn't get dark here till like 9, 15, 9, 30. I noticed it, that. It's a little drier than Mississippi, but it is, it, it, it's hot. It, it is still, one, 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 you know, heat index of 102 is still 102. Yeah, 102 is like, it bakes you. It's, uh, yeah, it was it was that. I mean, you, you noticed it tonight. I mean, I look, I know the scores, whatever, so I'm not making fun of it, but the crowd really thinned out after like the fifth, and that was some old Miss crowd too, but all the Arkansas people really bailed. I mean, by the, by the top of the sixth, bottom of the sixth, it was just an old Miss home game here. Um, you getting your runs in? Hundred degree weather. I've done a very good job of that. Need to be better at that. Yeah, that's been a that's been a little bit of a struggle. Got a little bit in today, but that's uh, that's that that's I think that's a that's a D minus. That is not going over really well so far. I might have to get in a little better shape because it's it look. I thought about it this morning. It's possible that I'm here one more complete week at this point. That that game three championship is not until Monday night. I, I think it's not only possible, frankly. I think it's I think it's likely at, at this point that that you're there until then. What uh what what's the best meal you've had so far? Oh, uh, went to the Drover uh, last night and it was good. As much as I made fun of it, the steak was very good. We're talking about uh you know the the the, the actual grill had the char had the char on it, the whole deal. Uh, it was it was excellent. I think that. You know, the ambience, all the other stuff is not necessarily – I think everybody goes crazy about it. That's not whatever. But the actual uh, actual piece of meat was pretty dang good last night. I was I was impressed. And, you know, the Italian restaurant that I've been talking about uh, the whole time, they're closing permanently on July 2nd. So anybody in Omaha is, is trying to get in these last two weeks. That is one uh, – that's one tough table to get in over there because as soon as the College World Series is up, they're, uh, they're hanging up shop permanently over there. You'll be pleased to know we've had over a thousand viewer at nine sixty nine as of this very moment. We've been over a thousand. The biggest number I saw was like one thousand twenty or something like that. Had uh, we've had a lot of people super chat. I'll thank some of them here while you're on with this. Lance Hill, thanks for the super chat. I'm having to scroll through. Um, pretty active as you might expect. Uh, thread had some bot issues, but I'm trying to deal with them. I got a little scared in the seventh inning. I thought I had a uh, a virus on my computer that was killing my computer in the seventh inning of the game tonight. That would have been excellent. Uh, I restarted it, and apparently was some sort of issue just in spell check on iMessage. So I'm okay. We're all good. But I thought that I was about to have a complete uh, a complete crash in the seventh inning of this game tonight. That would have sucked. What would be the second time it happened? This would be much more important. You know, I had a I had one of my computers turn into a paperweight during the Presbyterian football game a few years ago. Just second quarter, it just died, and literally, it did nothing. It was just, it was just a break at that point. But this, this would have felt more critical for the most part. Thanks to Price Harrison, he says, "Go Rebs, thanks for doing this." Uh, yeah, it's, we're we will do we will do these shows throughout the postseason. I'm now and I'm now expecting to do at least. You think there's at least three more? At least three more, maybe as as many Five. as six, right? Five. As many as five? Yeah, we have a three-game series and then two That's games right. potentially That's to right. get to so that point. So two bracket games and then a, uh, a final. So as many as five more, don't forget. And it was pointed out today, I didn't really realize this, bracket one gets the extra day off. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the teams yesterday, like Oklahoma, they get even get a more day off. They don't play until Wednesday from yesterday, whereas – the uh, the bracket two teams. As soon as you lose, you're playing every single day. And I mean, look, if you if you take care of business, it's not enough to make a ton of difference. But there is a little bit of a 
a handicap advantage. I'm surprised they went to a bracket that offered that. As much as you talk about trying to make both sides equal and all those different things, it does shock me a little bit that they built in an extra day for one side of the bracket. It tells me that ESPN wanted that weekend to look differently. They wanted a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They did not want a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday College World Series because Sunday they have to do it in the daytime because they have a, 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 a obligation with Major League Baseball to show those games. You know the Sunday night, game and it was, week. And, and it was, yeah, and it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday prior to this, and you weren't even getting any weekend games if you didn't have the if necessary games because the if necessary games were on Saturday, and then they had a built-in day off on Sunday, so they wanted weekend for sure, and then, like you said, they wanted to make sure they had the right obligation to get those games in, and then also, I think actually Omaha wanted a different schedule because I think they realized if they could press this thing as much as possible, you would entice more fans to stay that extra day versus having to kill one or two days prior to that. You know what I mean? Sure. That sometimes the temptation of, well, if we just do the one extra night, we get that extra game there. I suspect there's going to be a lot of Ole Miss people that uh, were waiting to see what would happen who are going to head up there now. That The Ole Miss crowd is going to increase by Wednesday, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's going to uh, – they were already the second biggest crowd to this point, I think. I think that, you know, Arkansas definitely had a, had a few more. I thought when the game started today, I'm, I'm bad at this, and with both teams being red, it was kind of hard to really tell in the stands. But I thought it was 55, 60% Arkansas maybe um, to start. Like I said, it started really kind of emptying it out on their side around the fifth, sixth inning. But Ole Miss is going to probably take it over. I expect them to definitely have the uh, have the largest crowd by, the, by Wednesday, by Thursday. I mean, Oklahoma will have more people come in too, but from an Ole Miss side of the bracket on the days they play, yeah, you're. it's about to be a lot of a bit of a power blue madhouse because uh, even today there was more people coming in and they were starting to kind of converge on the bars around here. You were seeing them more around town. It's uh, it's becoming pretty evident. Who do you think wins the games tomorrow? I'm, I'm telling you, I've got a weird feeling Auburn beats Arkansas tomorrow. I don't really even know why. I, I like Barnett a little bit. I, I think that – I think Arkansas is going to have a little bit of a tough time shaking this off. I think they're a little panicked after tonight. I thought Auburn played with house money today. Really played well against Stanford after they got that big that big inning in the third or fourth inning. Got just enough momentum. I don't really like their chances to, to challenge Ole Miss for two days, but I think it's possible the Tigers pull the upset. If I had a good money line, I would put that on that. And then uh, I think A&M wins tomorrow. I think Notre Dame has played really well. I don't think they're overly talented necessarily, though. I think they can, their pitching can be a bit of a problem. So I think it's very possible that we've got a uh, an SEC team on the other side of A&M facing Oklahoma, a future SEC team. And then, obviously, on this side, it's going to be a guaranteed bracket final between two uh, two league teams. I know you got stuff to do. got content up at uh, rebelgrove.com. So we will um... – I'll chat with you at some point tomorrow. We'll figure out what we're doing the rest of the week from a podcast standpoint, but appreciate you joining. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Chase Parham. Uh, thanks to his time. He's in a press box. Other people are in there trying to write, so I didn't want to keep him too terribly long. Uh, thanks, Gina, for the uh, the super chat. She says, y'all are my favorite. Thanks for all you do. Thanks to all you guys for uh, for being here. I'll open up the phones a little bit. It's 10.58 as we're doing this live. Again, this will be the um, Tuesday morning Oxford Exxon podcast. So there won't be a live stream in the morning, um, but we'll and then we'll figure out what we're doing for uh, for Wednesday at some point tomorrow, and we'll make sure that you guys know that. So I'm going to get that number up here in a second. There it is six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number, and we'll take some calls if you guys want to call. Again, uh, thanks to everybody for uh, the super chats. I know I missed a few, but um, 
when it's a one-man band in here, it's a little complicated sometimes. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Cole. Hey, Cole, what's up, man? I'm just enjoy, enjoying this uh, stress-free uh, College World Series. It's been pretty stress-free for sure so far. I mean, they're just kind of the, – the, I don't remember the run differential that Chase just said, but, I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was very stress-free. Uh, the the uh, Jackson kid that uh, Arkansas put, put in, were you here when Ole Miss had Cody Satterwhite? Um. Yeah, I don't right at so. the right at the two thousand eight. I think maybe two thousand eight may have been his last year. So yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, I, I think I covered him one year. There's a yeah, lot of a similarities there. White guy like could bump a hundred, and was guaranteed to give up four runs every time he went into the game. Yeah, Wiggins Wiggins throws hard. I mean, he touched a hundred tonight. He might have even gotten above a hundred. I mean, he's he he's got a rocket for an arm, but his stuff is super straight, and he just cannot throw off speed pitches for strikes, and so you, that doesn't work at this level. And so he's one of, he's one of those guys. If he can develop an off speed pitch, look out. But if he can't, I mean, you see, it, it's it, just just having velocity won't do it for you. Yep. Hey, uh, also I give a shout out to the uh, Ole Miss women's golf team for you know you know breaking the screw loose, and letting this floodgate of uh, success happen for the state of Mississippi. <laughs> so uh, you know they 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 untapped the uh, the well there. So we'll give a shout out to that those guys. Yeah, they did. Anyways, uh, thanks for doing these uh, things, Neil. We appreciate it. Let some more callers get in. All right, Cole. Thanks, bud. Later, bud. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number. So feel free to call. Looking for your calls. Uh, somebody, a couple people left voice messages. I don't trust those to go to those live. Um, there's no call screener in here, so I can only take one call at a time. So it's open. You can call that number. Hear from you. Tell me what you think. Hey, who do we have? This is David Crenshaw. Hey, David. How are you? Good. How are you? I was wondering if you were mad about the Hogs losing. Uh, no. Why would I be mad? Because your daughters go to Arkansas? Yeah. But they don't play baseball. They play for the baseball team. I guess I'd feel bad about it, but they don't. Hey, who do we have? Uh, Anthony in Ocean Springs. Hey, Anthony, what's up? Not much. Uh, good game. Not too much to say about it uh, that y'all haven't already covered. But uh, the other night you were talking about the uniforms. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you that uh, we should burn the gray uniforms. And uh, I saw a picture today of the women's softball team at all white with the red Rebels across. And I would, I'd like for the men to uh, add that to the – uh, uniform trio. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that, and uh, that's it. That, thanks for all y'all do. Yeah, I agree with you. Although I will say that right now, if I'm Ole Miss, I don't think about wearing anything but the blues that they're wearing because you're winning in them, and you just don't mess with that if you're players. Hey, who's this? I think I accidentally hung up on a caller. I apologize. 
And by the way, the Crenshaw person hung up. I did not hang up on, on him. Just in case anybody thought that I hung up on him, I did not. He hung up. Hey, who do we have? Hey, boys, how you doing? Bubba, how you been, man? Uh, I can't. Woo. Hadn't talked to you in forever. How you been? Uh, Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Tommy from Oxford. Hey, Tommy, what's up? Oh, man, it's a good night, isn't it? Yeah. Look, if you believe that you're getting laid or you're not getting laid and you're winning, that's what it is, right? Uh, yeah, the 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 speech in um, in Bull Durham is pretty accurate. If you that's think pretty accurate. if you think that's why you're winning, then it might very well be the reason that you're winning. That's that's the reason. I mean, you know these players. They, I mean, superstition is all there is, right? Well, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But yeah, I mean, if you if you if it becomes a fun thing in, inside your locker room that hey we're wearing blue every game until we lose then you obviously continue to wear blue every game until you lose i mean that's that's even though it's probably the worst of the uniforms if that's if that's become a thing that you're talking about then yeah you you absolutely do it and I, it obviously is a thing that they're talking about and if you believe that your pitcher is wearing that blue and wearing a long sleeve shirt and hot as hell while he's pitching that's why he's doing it, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether he wears the sleeve because he just likes to pitch in sleeves, or whether it's become something he's done. I, he, you know, a lot of times pitchers just like that that feel on their arm. They don't. Some some pitchers like to feel like to pitch with bare armed, and some pitchers insist on wearing sleeves. I don't, I don't know whether his deal is is superstition or just a comfort thing. Yeah, that's right. All right, hey man, I just appreciate all you guys do. And I just uh, want to call and thank y'all. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate that. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number. Again, thanks to all of you guys. There's uh, still after eleven o'clock. There's almost eight hundred of you in the thread, which is uh, which is really cool. Hey, who do we have? Hey, David from Georgia. Hey, David. I called you after the Auburn game, and it worked, so I'm calling you again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am superstitious, so I know you're not, but I am. Did they – I just had a quick question. Did they seriously say that Tim Elko's home run went 324 feet? No, I think they fixed it, by <laughs> the way. I, I think it was just a – I think it was a computer error on, on those things. Yeah, I, think... I, I looked at that. I looked at that, and I was like – that ball made it all the way to the damn concourse. There ain't no way that ball three hundred and twenty four feet. Yeah, no, I think they said four hundred and twenty something. He crushed it. Yeah. it was just yeah. a probably just a computer glitch in their little tracking thing that they do on the graphic. Uh yeah, I was just curious and to be I know you guys are wondering who you wanted to play. I really don't care who we play. We're in the win my for God's sake, man, we're in the winner's bracket of the college world series. Yeah, I mean if you keep playing this way, it's not gonna matter who you play. Um, you know, in, in- I, I'm just shocked that this team of all the teams Mike's had, this is the one 
that could win it all. But you were right earlier. If there's ever been a team that was playing championship baseball at the right time, this is it. Yeah. And also, when do we start talking about I, – I know I'm going to talk about that other team that's just to the east of Ole Miss. But when are we going to start talking about Mississippi being the mecca for college baseball? I mean, you got you had two teams from Mississippi in the Daggum Super Regionals this year to go to Omaha, and that other team won it all last year, and we got a legitimate shot this year. This is just nuts. Well, the answer to your question is three wins from now. Uh, at that at that point. It, it'll become a, <laughs> yeah. it'll become quite a topic of discussion. Still got a little work to do, but it certainly looks like you're on your way to it for sure. Yeah, well, I'm over here in Georgia, and I got to get up at five thirty in the morning to go to work. So y'all have a good one, and I'll talk to you later. I feel you, David. Thanks, man. All right, bye. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, I just wanted to get your take on something real quick. I really respect just your baseball knowledge. Let's just pretend that the regular season never happened and the baseball season started on that first regional game. Can you just kind of break down what you're seeing from the not you know not every position player obviously, but what are you seeing from this Ole Miss baseball team that's that is allowing us to play so well? Well, the big thing is that you're getting incredible starting pitching. Um, you're getting starting pitching that's going deep into games it's it's enabled your bullpen to stay fresh you are um you've kind of added a couple of arms in your in your bullpen in the postseason that, that are more consistent than they were in the regular season some of that is because maybe they're not they're, they're fresher and then uh offensively we talked about it at the beginning of the show it's just right now Ole Miss is is one through nine getting contributions up and down the lineup and more than the more than the productivity, is it's the approach. There's not a lot of quick at-bats. There's a lot of hard contact. Uh, there's a lot of really good situational hitting. It's not just the long ball. If you remember, at, at middle of the year, in games where Ole Miss was productive, it was because everybody was hitting home runs, and then you'd have games where they, they, they famined because you couldn't hit the yep. ball out of the ballpark, whether it was because of weather or whatever the case may be, and they, they really couldn't manufacture runs. And now they're manufacturing runs. And then the other thing, and I think this is something to do with just the way they feel or mindset or confidence, they don't get down when they make mistakes. Like tonight, you know, Graham lost a ball in the sun. That's a run. Uh, Gonzalez, I don't know. I think they I think they didn't rule it an error, but it was a play that, that he should have made at shortstop. And that opened the Absolutely. door. That opened the door, and, and Arkansas got two runs. So even though you'd – you'd – chased half of their bullpen already you were only up four to three i mean you know yeah. if if you were at that point if you were in the arkansas dugout you're probably thinking hey we're we're okay you know we're only down a run uh we're running elliott's count up stuff like that they, they just kind of they i i think earlier in the year Ole Miss kind of would have panicked a little and they would have not scored they would have you know not not added on and made another mistake and that's not the way this team plays now. For sure, yeah, it was so, so impressive. Just I, the, after the inning you're talking about, where they they cut it to four three, I think we came right back and we we put up two runs. I came back and put up, yeah, came back and put up two and made it six to three. And then you know, Arkansas had two on, two out in the fourth. With uh, Elliott was 
I think Mike had come out to see him. Uh, Elliot had started. The pitch count was getting high. He was up in the 70s already, and Braden Webb was at the plate, and he made a mistake. And frankly, earlier in the season, that's a ball that, you know, the way that Ole Miss is going from a luck standpoint, that ball is fair. And it, it goes 400 <laughs> yeah. feet, and it's 6-6, six to six, and at that point, you know, who knows what happens. But he didn't, yeah. and he didn't. He got, he got out of it a pitch later, and you know the rest. Absolutely. Well, hey, Neil, thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you, Jim. There's a 704 number that's been trying to call. If you call, I'll, I'll grab you. 662-259-0991. I'll check the stream real quick. Um, see if I missed anything there. Yeah, there's some people asking about stats. I can try to get that. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, I'm back. Sorry, I got disconnected. Oh, hey, Bubba, how are you, bud? I'm I'm fine. Just want to let y'all know. I'm sorry I'm taking some time off. I had some nodules on my throat. Wanting to talk and moved to White Pine and just moved up here. Just want to let y'all know I'm good watching Rebels and I'll be calling in again. Well, I'm glad to know you're doing better. Someone had told us that you were having some health issues, and so I was I was concerned. And um, glad to know you're doing better. How's how's uh, how's Daddy and and everybody? Everybody's good. Dogs are good. Just uh, had a little bout with the uh, throat cancer, but but I'm all right and I'm I'm back. I appreciate you and and uh, everything you've done. Well, that's great to hear, man. Y'all have a good night. You too. Look forward to talking to you soon, buddy. Bye. People have been asking about Bubba, and there he is. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, this is Casey from Natchez. Hey, Casey, what's up? Oh, man, enjoying this content. Thank you for doing this. I know it's late, but this is fun. Yeah, it is late, but it is fun. It's not. Uh, it's not too bad. I, at one point, that game was moving so slowly that I was like, "Oh my god, it's going to be ten thirty, eleven before we even start." So I was kind of glad that the. I think both teams kind of had some quick innings. I was. I was appreciative. Yeah, it was a weird game at, at the very beginning. And look, just before I get started, anybody that's saying stuff about Arkansas or trying to dig, there that's bush league. That's so freaking stupid. Anyway, that kind of pissed me off. I know it didn't bother you, but it pissed me off. But um, I want to get into – and Chase, I don't think he's wrote a story on him yet or not, but I think he, he might, or I'd like to see one. It would be awesome about that. Is his first name Garrett Wood, the third baseman, or what's yeah. his first name? Garrett. Yeah, that's a cool story. Like, I, I've i never seen him before, but he played a really good third base. I mean, he did good in the Super. He's got some big hits, and he really has some clutch at bats. I think he's a, you know, a really cool story. Yeah, he's been critical with, you know, McCants having some health issues and, you know, they had to move Bench back out to, to the outfield and someone had to step in and play there. And not only has he stepped in and played, he's played fairly well. Yeah, he has. It's. I think, you know, everybody's talked about – I mean, baseball is such a funny game, isn't it? I mean, it's just nuts. But the, the pitching the pitching has been lights out. But the other thing that stands out to me is the timely hitting – like even when you know Ole Miss is, we're just hitting the ball exactly when we need to. We have big two out hitting, but some people you always have to have people that show up that maybe not are normally, you know, your marquee people. And it seems like you know Harris is on fire. Uh, Bench was 
unconscious tonight. So it's just fun to see it, but it just feels different. I mean, we, we may lose the next two games and or whatever, but something I'll be shocked. weird about this team. Yeah, I'll be shocked if you lose the next two games. Now, you know, Oklahoma's got real strong quality pitching, and they're super hot too. And it, if, it, if it comes to that and it's Ole Miss and Oklahoma, it should be one hell of a series. But um, I'd, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be stunned at this point if you're not playing on Saturday night. Yeah, I'd be shocked too, but you know, it's just it's just really neat to see it. And then look, last thing and I'll I'll leave you alone. Um this is not a dig at the Cubs, but I'm a Yankees fan and I know that means most people either love my team or hate them, but Rizzo is he's a freaking stud, dude. He is. Like, he's a he's a God, he's fun to watch. He's a great player. Um I'm I'm glad that that he is uh he's getting to play for a a winner right now. I'm glad he's playing for a franchise that's a little more committed to winning than the Cubs were at the tail end of his tenure in Chicago. And um, he's always going to he's always going to be a favorite in my house. So I'm I'm glad to see him doing well and and kind of rejuvenating his career. And it looks like knock on wood that his his back issues have kind of gone away for a while. He he had those back issues the last two or three years in Chicago that I know scared the Cubs a little bit from a long term contract standpoint. And, Frankly, nobody else gave him a long-term contract either, so it was kind of a real thing. But it's good to see him kind of get past it. Yeah, I see that, and I get that. But he he is fun to watch, and watching him hit the ball, he's just got a pretty swing. Well, look, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate y'all doing this, and um, I'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. That was Casey. Some of the football guys back to back, Bubba and Casey. Great to hear from Bubba. All seriousness, it's been. Uh, we'd heard that he had some issues, and um, hadn't heard from him in a while. And obviously, during baseball season, we couldn't we couldn't do the live Thursday night shows. It just was too much of a commitment for for Chase, and um, we kind of went to a different format where we didn't do the live shows. But we'll get back to him in the fall. I'm glad to know Bubba's good. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil. This is Sean from Madison. Hey, Sean. I just kind of had a question for you. You know, um, been listening for about a year and a half. Uh, I listen kind of daily, but not really. But I was kind of wondering what your allegiance is. You know, with I believe you were a beat writer at Auburn and mm-hmm. stuff like that before that. But I mean, that's going to a Sugar Bowl this year, and then with all this hype. Like, kind of, I don't know, what tickles your pickle when it comes to stuff like this? I mean, I've told people this. I'm I'm happy for you guys. Um, I mean, I've covered Ole Miss now for a decade and a half almost. So, um, you know, I know a lot of you guys either personally or through shows like this or the website. And I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled for you guys. I don't have a personal connection to it. So it doesn't um, – well, who's your who's your caller? It's Iowa, right? I don't really have one. I mean, I joke around about Iowa, but I don't really have a college team. I don't. I don't have. I don't have an affiliation with any. I don't. I don't feel like I have any heartstrings with any college team. If I'm just being completely honest, you don't really get as excited as we do for all of this. No, and I don't think you I do. could. You get, it's I don't. Content, I don't think know? I could. I don't think I could do my job well if if I got excited about it or if I got down about it or. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I guess I'm kind of old school in that way. And, and I know that makes me a minority in, in 
you know, team sites and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't think I could do my job well if I was emotionally in, emotionally involved one way or the other in, in the games that I that I cover. That's understandable. But you know, with the hype this year, and so were you were you beat writing for Auburn whenever Cam Newton was there? No. Uh-uh. I was, I was covering no, Ole Miss at were, that point. You were here. I, I covered Auburn from 98 through 2003. Okay. I kind of maybe thought you were there for Cam Newton. I was wrong. but No, I was there for Jason, I mean, Jason Campbell and Carnell Williams and Ronnie Brown and Rudy Johnson and some of those guys. Well, I'm 30, so oh, yeah, you don't remember, you don't remember those guys. guys are, but yeah. not really. What would you say? I'm sorry. I said you don't remember those guys. I was there – Terry Bowden's first year, Terry Bowden's last year, and then Tommy Tuberville's first five. Very nice. Got to love the Tommy Tuberville days. He was fun to cover. He was very, very accessible. So he was, he was great. One of the worst ones we let go, huh? He was, he was a great guy to cover. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's got to be really nice for you guys at this point because, I mean, Sugar Bowl and this. I mean, can you imagine if we won a national championship? It's just, it gets, it's, it's crazy. It really is. It's got to be, besides Arkansas, who with the basketball, if we can get the basketball going, this is, we could be up there like Arkansas. And what's yeah. the, uh, the rating for the, uh, schools that it's every sport combined? They used to call it the Sears Cup. I don't know what they call it now. Maybe it's still the Sears Cup. I don't know. But, I believe Arkansas is, Number one, yeah, I just don't. That. I just don't know. I'd have to look at it. I have. I, mean, I, I have no clue. We got to get the basketball going. If we can. Things could be really great for this university. Just unreal. Hey, Sean, thanks for the call. Thank you, Neil. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's uh, Andy at Louisville. Hey, Andy. I just, I just want to, I want to reassure you, Neil. Like, don't let Neil or Sean correction Sean bring you down. Like, if you want to be an Iowa Hawkeye fan, be an Iowa Hawkeye fan. I, I, I mean, all the fans. I, I've things. never My even. I've, I've never even. Iowa. I've never even been to Iowa. It's, it's kind of a joke. I mean, it's, it's, it's just silliness. And the fact that listen, the Quad Cities, the Quad Cities, Dubuque. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't don't hold it against you, like. My my father's out of Boone. He's a big Hawkeye fan. Is that right? So I went to Ole Miss. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. But, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go to a I'm gonna go to a Hawkeye game. It's on my bucket list. I don't have a very big bucket list. I am gonna one of these days. I'm gonna go to a Hawkeye game and and um and have some fun with it. But but I mean, you should just revel in it. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll hook you up. All right. My uh my sister and her husband both work at the hospital. They're the pharmacist. Like just let me know. Army 12, or correction, Army Red 12 on the uh, on the site. Just send me a direct message. I'll, I'll figure it out for you. That's awesome. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. But nonetheless, the majority of this call, I just want to shout out to all the, uh, the Ole Miss betas here that are probably watching but too afraid to call, particularly Stephen Quinn, who's ABC 3340, He's like, oh, I'm on the news right now. I can't say anything. This is for Steven and my boy Austin. There we go. Let's go, Reds. Who knew we'd ever be in the driver's seat? I didn't. Actually, none of us did. 
our uh, our chat name on iChat is uh, Ole Miss is going to fuck this up, but <laughs> like gladly they didn't do it tonight. No, they didn't come close to doing that. They haven't come close to doing that the entire postseason. They've they've only played one close game. They 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 Palmquist with Miami had some success against them in the two to one game down there. That's it. Other than that, man, Agreed. It, it's been I, total I domination. A wild thing to say, like. As an, I'm sure everyone here may or may not agree, but as an Ole Miss fan, when you say, like, I haven't worried since the regional, it's pretty strong. Like, usually every game, uh, at least during the regular season, I was like, we're either going to lose or we're going to mess it up. Like, the fact that I have not been sitting on the edge of my seat for quite some time is, like, very reassuring. Hey, Andy, apparently you've got a bad echo, so I'm going to let you go, but I appreciate the call. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Hey, who do we have? Hey. hey who's this? <clears throat> this is Michael. Hey, Michael. From, uh, Bruce. Yes. All right. So, uh, one quick question. Um, good Lord. Just lost the train of thought. Um, man, where was I going with this? Uh, give me a second. I'm going to collect my thoughts. All right. Uh, You still there, Michael? If Ole Miss, yeah, sorry. Um, if Ole Miss, or not, not Ole Miss, <clears throat> if the NCAA pulls the 25 or the 11.7 scholarship disadvantage that uh, is there right now, right? do you see Ole Miss jumping up into like the top 10, top five, top seven in the program? Like, uh, I mean, if, if y- the scholarship. Yeah, but I mean, you're three wins away from the national championship right now. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not telling you what to think or what to worry about. But I mean, you're three wins away from the national championship at this at this very moment. There's no guarantee you'll get those three wins, although it looks pretty good that you're going to get one of them here in the next 48, 72 hours. I mean, yeah, you Ole Miss would Ole Miss would be one of a handful of schools that would. Um, would benefit greatly from that, but you're there right this moment. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, sustained success is is always yeah better than just a one off. So, well, I, but this yeah. isn't. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I, I I think you have to start to look at the last five years or so and look at where you are compared to where other programs are. You went. This is three super regionals in a row and now you're in the at, at a minimum the final four of of the college yeah. baseball hierarchy you're you, you got it rolling i mean there's right. there, there's but, i mean that it's not a one off you went to the super regional in 19 you went to the super regional in 21 and you had a great team in 20 before the pandemic got everything shut down so i don't i, I don't the whole the, that the the whole narrative to me is is it's it's not it's not sustainable that hey this is a, this is a, a one off or any of that stuff no you 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 have a nationally dominant program as it is and so yeah i mean I, sure if they go to 25 scholarships or whatnot yeah you're one of the programs that really benefits but you know in the same way Mississippi State would benefit from that. Arkansas would benefit from that. My God, Tennessee would benefit from that. I mean, you wouldn't be the only one that benefited from it. You'd benefit, but look where you are today. I mean, I 
I can't tell you. I can't tell people how to think. But if 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 I were an Ole Miss fan, I I, I just would be reveling in the moment. I'd worry about the future down the road. Man, it's hard not to think about the future now. Though, I mean, I, I like it. I like to think about it like this. Okay, so take the Rays for example, right? So the Rays made it to the championship. You know, like should they reveled in that moment? Absolutely, obviously. Like that was that was a great accomplishment for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, that was cool and whatnot. But think about it: if you told the Rays in that moment during the World Series, "Hey, we're going to put a cap." We're going to put a salary cap on the whole league. We're going to bring it down to your level, exactly where you're at. Would they not have been, like, thrilled about that? Would they not have been like, whoa, holy shit, this changes everything? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah, is Ole Miss, like, in the championship game? We're not there yet, but one more way. Nonetheless, but if you told me, like, did we bring everybody back down to our level? Is that not exciting? Obviously, that's exciting. Like, holy hell, dude, you go from being the Rays, you know, you're operating, you know, with a limited budget, and you're doing a really good job of it, and, you know, you're a contender every three, four, five years to, holy hell, dude, like, you have the budget the Yankees have. That's different. That's 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 a different ball game. Hey, I'm gonna get to some of the other calls. I appreciate you. Okay. All right. I see you guys talking about the echo. It's all I can think of is that it's a Skype thing on this end. I'm going to spend some time tomorrow trying to figure it out. Whether it's something on my end, I don't hear an echo, and so. Let me try to do one thing real quick. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil. This yes. is uh, your guy, Countless Jabronis, again. You hung up on him. Oh, I didn't mean to. I apologize. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Look, um, first thoughts of the game, I just wanted to uh, <laughs> just wanted to give condolences to you and the Hogs, man. It was <laughs> – I can't believe it. I'm so sorry, man. Are you being serious I'm right so now? I'm so sorry about your hogs. I'm so sorry, man. Are you being so serious sorry. right now? Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry yeah. about your hogs, man. How are they? I thought they so, might so, have. So how, how are how are they my hogs? Let's 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 do this. Let's have the conversation as we sit here at eleven thirty. Let's <laughs> let's let's have the conversation. How are they my hogs? Man, look, I'm trying to be serious here, man. I'm trying to be serious. I'm I'm letting you. I it mean. was a good game. It was a good game. It was a good game, but for the first two innings. But I mean, are you ever going to recover from that? Yeah, I don't know whether we're joking or we're being serious here because I'm getting lost in it. Are you ever going to recover from that? Um, yeah. There's nothing for me to recover from. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> honest to God, not sure. Like, what are we doing here? It has to be devastating. It just has to be devastating. I thought the hogs would go all the way, to be honest. So you're calling me at eleven thirty at night on a night when you're presumably you're happy and you're you're trying to you're, what 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 are we what are we trying to get at here? Trying to console you, Neil. Okay. Hey, thanks, man, for the call. All 
right, let's see if I can figure this eCam thing out. There's, there's a way if I have my problem on my end is I don't hear, um, I don't hear an echo. And so it's hard for me to eliminate an echo that I don't hear. But if you guys are hearing it, then it's obviously there. I'm going to spend some time on it tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. Some of the people that go after me on that stuff, I, I don't. I really don't. I, I kind of lose patience with it. Hey, who do we have? Uh, Greg from uh, Ohio. Hey, Greg. <clears throat> Sorry. What in the hell was that last caller? I'm 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 still not particularly sure. It's look. That, I mean, there are people. Absolutely no sense. There are people that that do not like that. I mean, I hate to get into it. There are people that don't like that my kids go to another school and that they've had a good time and, and all that stuff. You know, I, I've said this before, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a downer on this. Um, I, my kids made their own choices. I, I didn't tell my kids oh, where yeah. to go to college, you know. I, dude, I completely, dude, I completely understand. I go to Wright State here in Dayton, Ohio. I'm an almost fan through and through. Like the you can be a fan of a team but go to a, a school that is better for your career path. Like I'm not going to fault anybody for choosing what is right for them. And anybody who thinks that you're a Arkansas homer because of your daughters just tells you what type of a thing is swinging between their pants or not swinging. If you catch my drift. So, I just wanted to ask. Okay, sorry. I was trying something that obviously did not work. I apologize. No, it's all good. It's all good. Do, uh, who do you think they go with uh, on Wednesday? And if it's Diamond, how long do you think they'll keep him in? Well, Chase uh, Chase is the better person to answer that. So I asked him. He he thought that if uh, Auburn beat Arkansas, he thought that they would probably go with Diamond. And then I think he thought that if Arkansas beat Auburn, that they would probably go with a left-hander against that Arkansas lineup that has so many um, so much of a left-hand presence. You saw how their left-hander struggled with Elliott. He thought maybe they would try to recreate yeah. that. So I, I, I think I think Chase's educated thought was that Ole Miss will wait and see who wins that game between Arkansas and Auburn tomorrow, and then go from there. Uh, of the of the two, who do you think is the best uh, choice for Ole Miss? You mean who? If I'm Ole Miss, who do I want to play? Yes. If I'm Ole Miss, I want to play Auburn because they they don't have a pitching path. Um, you know, Arkansas has a very narrow pitching path, but they 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 have one. They you know like we were talking about this. McIntyre could go for them tomorrow. And let's let's just say for the sake of this scenario that McIntyre gives them six strong innings and they have a good lead, and they can kind of just use some arms to get through. They could go to Hagen Smith on on Wednesday against Ole Miss. He's a tough, hard throwing left hander who's had some success. He had some success against Ole Miss back at the end of April. I mean, we're we're, we're trying to create a path here, and then on Thursday, they could conceivably go back to Connor Nolan, who's capable of 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 beating you because he's one of the better pitchers in the league. 
So they have a path. It's not a path that I, I would, if I were them, I would like. Um, but it's a path, and um, mm-hmm. I don't think Auburn has that. But Chase seems to think that that Auburn wins tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's right. Auburn's kind of found a way to hang around and, and win games, and and um, you know they they're playing with some house money right now because I think deep down Auburn knows it's probably not getting to the championship series. Every wins. Every win is just a, another chance to, to stay around and, and stay together for a little bit. So I probably would want to play um, Auburn instead of Arkansas. But I'm going to be honest, the way Ole Miss is playing, I don't think it's going to matter. I think I think they're, barring something crazy, they're, they're getting to the championship series. That, that's insane to say. Well, thank you so much, man. And I hope the stream doesn't go too crazy. You have a good one. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Greg. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number. Still um four hundred and, and sixty of you guys right now. Really appreciate that. Um appreciate all of you being in the stream. I know I've missed some of the super chats. Thanks to everybody who's done that. Really appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, I'm sorry for the scare there. I was trying to fix something on the audio level, and obviously, I I will play with it. I will play with it tomorrow on um, a podcastless day and see if I can figure it out. It. I know it scared you guys. It was my my ears are still ringing from it. Um. Let's see, pocket watch. Yeah, thanks. It says um. Says we obs know ecstatic to have won one. Yeah, sure. It's always hey, any win in Omaha is a sweet win, even if even if you, elimination is somewhat inevitable. I thought for Auburn today it showed a ton of character. It's typical for a, a Butch Thompson team that uh, they were struggling and and they um, still found a way to to kind of come back and win. I thought this spoke volumes for the character of that team and. I can't remember the kid's name who had the big hit, but he drove one deep center field. That thing's gone at any SEC park. He got every bit of that. And that cleared the bases. And and then uh, Auburn's bullpen, Burkhalter, Buckalter, the closer, was just – that dude was that dude was amazing. Um, so big win for Auburn today to finish in the top – they're going to finish in the top six in the country. I mean, that's it's a, it's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, Tyler, will I be coming to the games? No, I'm going to stay here and, and do these shows. We if if I come up there, we don't have the equipment to do live streams and stuff, and so I think we'll continue to do what we're doing now, which is chases in Omaha. I'll do here. I'll stay here and do live streams, and while he works, I can get Brian or Jeffrey or whoever on and and um, and bring these shows to you guys. Plus, uh, it's it's enough of a budget buster for him to be up there. If I go up there, we're 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 truly crushing the budget here in uh, here in June. Because I will tell you, in April, Tyler, we were not we were not planning on Omaha. That was that was not something we were thinking about. Um, I'll leave the phone lines open for a few more minutes. If anybody wants to call six six two two five nine zero nine nine one. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, it's JD. Hey, JD, what's up? Uh, I've got a couple things for you tonight. One, 
uh, these people that are calling in about the Arkansas deal and your kids, they just need to sit down because that's absolutely ridiculous that your kids are getting to choose what they do in life and where they go to school. And I think that's stupid. I think one of the things that everybody at MPW loves about you guys is your unbiased opinion. You're not fans. Uh, You're reporting sports. And it's the reason that I listen to you, and I'm sure it's the reason why a lot of people listen to you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I think they're off limits. Um, I think they should be off limits. I've probably made a mistake of of letting them – you know, I did the show with Campbell. Probably not going to do that show anymore. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's healthy. Certainly not fair to her. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just. It's one of those things. It's. 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 It's a. Um, I, I think. I think they're off limits. So you know, I, I'll say this. I'll say it right here on the camera. The guy that called in and did that, he would never do that to my face. No, and that's that's what Twitter is, and that's what yeah you know, social media is these days they would never do that to your face and that that drives me crazy but we uh that listen to your show we listen to it because you give us an unbiased opinion about sports not a uh, opinion about a fan or a team that you guys pull for because i I can do that for myself i don't need that i would rather hear you guys talk about what you know honest journalism is about and we certainly appreciate that so don't let those guys get to you at all but uh, I do have one thing I need to get to you sure. uh, about uh, Swayze uh, called in the other night. She did get her ears pierced today for her birthday. Good for her. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little bummed that you didn't back me up on that, but I understand you didn't want to get in that battle. Yeah. But I figured with having a couple of girls, you may be able to uh, shed some light on that. But it seems know, like it is what it is. It seems like ours got to do it when they turned ten. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I, that you wasn't try to do those things. that wasn't my department at the time, JD. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand that. I, I'm I'm getting voted out quite often on those deals, but you kind of put yourself in that situation where you're like, "Hey, we wait as long as we can," and then you look at everybody in that grade and you go, "Okay, we're not last, but maybe we're second or third to last, and that's probably kind of where we want to be." Yeah, yeah, sure, and you, and you don't want to be. You don't want her to be the only one in the class that doesn't have her ears pierced. You don't want your kid to be the only kid in the class that doesn't have a phone. I mean, the, the, some of that stuff, and, and and frankly, some of the people that, that, and I'm not telling people how to parent by any stretch of the imagination because parenting is hard, but sometimes that desire to be so protective is counterproductive. Absolutely. I agree with you. There's a fine line there that you got to run, but... Hey, I was going to ask you a quick question about baseball. I mean, I'm super excited about this team and, and what they've done. I think I think uh, Bianco is kind of like going through this. Uh, I think it's well-deserved, the luck that he's had over the years. But one of the things that I noticed is we do have great pitching, but we've scored eight or nine runs. I think we're averaging eight or nine runs per game yeah. throughout this tournament. And, you know, the pitching is great, but yeah. I think there's something to be said about this this team finally reaching their potential as far as hitting is concerned. Because this is a team that we that was blowing teams out earlier in the year with you know ten fifteen run rules, and now they're finally back to where they were, and they're averaging eight or nine runs a game. 
against what would potentially be, you know, the elite of the elite. Sure. The kids, you know, they're going up against pitching that's that's no, you're playing, in the, in the tournament. Look, you're playing good teams. I mean, you're playing Miami and Arizona and, and Southern Mississippi and Auburn and Arkansas. All of those are good teams, um, and, and you're dominating – uh, those games, except for the Miami game, where the Palmquist kid was was really good and against Elliott, but you're getting offense up and down the lineup, and you're pitching well. And, and look, when you when you're pitching well, offenses don't press, and when you're scoring a bunch of runs, pitchers don't press. So some of that stuff is is interconnected. Right now, you're hitting at an elite level, you're pitching at an elite level, and your defense is fine. It's not great, yeah, but it's fine. Absolutely. And and so you know everything when you do when you do that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good recipe. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the only thing I guess I, I have left to say is if Calvin Harris comes out, I don't know what I'll do because that kid he needs to be in there every day because he is he's showing out. He's showing the potential that he has. And you know, I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. But uh, if we keep hitting like this, it's going to be hard to stop us. Agreed. Yeah, he's Calvin's been terrific. He was great tonight. Obviously. Hey, thanks for the call, JD. Appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Have a good one. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is uh, Bagman from Omaha. What's up, Bagman? How's Omaha? It was uh, it was pretty good. Um, felt good. Big Reds crowd, big Hogs crowd, but the Reds stayed a little bit longer. I bet. How long did it take you to cool off after you left? Oh shoot. Um, at least I mean. About three jello shots, but um, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're cooled off now. But so we were there in the stadium. Um, I want to know from the TV, Elko's homer that he hit 450 feet. Yeah, that it looked in the stadium from where we were about at his neck and way outside. Was that what it looked like on TV? Ooh, I didn't notice that. Uh, no. No, it it was it was kind of center cut. It was kind of a hanger. It, it, it was it was high, but it wasn't that high. I was shocked that he pulled it like that. I, I thought he would have had to go oppo there to get that out of the park. No, I, I think that ball was more center center mid than than what you you think. And I I can't. Okay. I'd have to go back and look at it because I don't. Yeah, we were down the first baseline, so maybe it was a little vantage point that we had, but it was a little off. Yeah, no, it um, was it was a kind of a cement mixer. The other thing, have you noticed that uh, Calvin Harris, since he's been wearing batting gloves, has been raking? I did not know that about the batting gloves. I noticed that he's been raking. I, I did. I did not. I did not notice that well, part. So he's always been like an Iowa guy, just like tried and true, no gloves, Center America, just you know, as as best they come from there that's what they do i guess but since he since southern miss he's been wearing batting gloves and he has been just hot at the firecracker since then i would think in this heat and the humidity in, in hattiesburg you'd you'd almost have to use gloves because you'd have that, a hard time you'd have a hard time keeping your hands dry i mean even if you b- bent down and got dirt and stuff it's just so so humid and you're so sweaty that you would almost have to have gloves from a grip standpoint. Yeah, there, there's no like part of the body that's dry in, <laughs> since Hattiesburg or Omaha. Yeah, I mean when it's that hot. Yeah. Have um, I don't know. I haven't been calling in since we've been up here. Um, have y'all been keeping up with the Jello Shot Challenge? It's been all, all over the board. I have not seen an update today. I, I saw where 
Ole Miss and Arkansas had kind of run away from the field on the on the Jello shots. It looks like it, it, and then you know like Texas and Texas was not particularly involved in the Jello shots. It looked like A and M was A and M was hanging in there. And other than that, everybody else was kind of out of it. That was if I recall the board correctly. Shocker, uh, Stanford's not very high up the board. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. Stanford probably took like seven people there. What, um, I forget the – is it Tyler Jordan, the Realtree guy? Yeah. He came in and bought um, – he, he bought 900 for the Rebs right before the game. Is that right? Yeah, he was in the thread just a, yeah. he was in the thread just a minute ago. Yeah, he, he tweeted out saying um, any Rebs around the stadium come around uh, Rocco's at 5 o'clock. I got a surprise for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Tyler's uh, Tyler's good people. All those all those people are, but I've gotten to know him a little bit over the over the last few months on some stuff we were kind of working on. He's he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's doing good for the reps too. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. All right. Yeah, it's, I would imagine there's a lot of people heading up to heading up to Omaha here in the next day or so. A lot of people probably embarking on that trip tomorrow since Ole Miss doesn't play until six o'clock. By the way, Ole Miss's game on uh, on Wednesday, whether it's against Auburn or Arkansas, will be a six o'clock game. And if there's an if necessary game, that game will be at six o'clock on Thursday as well. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Andy from Louisville again. Hey, Andy. Sound like everyone's echoing, so I, I just wanted to feel a little justified in saying like I'm not the only one. No, it, it, I think it's on my end, and I just I, I, there's nothing I can do to fix it right now. It's a Skype issue. Well, I just had a few more topics I wanted to cover before I was. Hey, uh, hey, hey Andy, Andy, I want I want to get to some of these other calls. Is that okay? We got I've got calls rolling in that I want to grab. Thanks. That's fair. That's okay. fair. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil. Uh, this is Matt from Oxford. How are you? Hey, Matt. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, I was just going to say, man, uh, I thought Mississippi was hot. But Nebraska's got us beat, man. This is hot. Are you up there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Um, the Rebels are good today, though. The Rebels are hot, son. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they look more than good. and they're, Yeah, they're, they're on fire for sure. Um, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on this team? What do you think? I mean, if they play like this, um, they're going to play against Oklahoma for the national championship, and I, I, I'm not I'm not betting against them at this point. I mean, they're not just winning; they're just kind of dominating games. They're able to win games in different ways. I mean, I still we still have to see what they do in a game where they start someone not named Delusia, not named Elliot. I mean, that's still yeah. that's yeah. still a thing that at some point they've got to get past potentially. Um, but other yeah. than that, I mean, yeah. but you know, the way that they're hitting, they, they've already won one of those games. Derek diamond started a game in Coral Gables against Arizona and, and they won, uh, what was the final score? 20 something to five or something. I don't remember the score. It was, it wasn't close. So they've already won one of those games. So, uh, at some point they'll the reps tearing it up, man. At some point they'll have to do it again, they're but tearing it up. yeah, for sure. They looked dominant tonight. I was really excited. It was nice to see the Arkansas fans filing out of the stadium in the seventh inning. It was really nice. Uh, that was a good feeling. Uh, we have a personal vendetta against Arkansas. So yeah, that was nice. I'm sure it was. But uh, anyways, I don't want to keep your time, but it was nice to talk to you. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Uh, Brandon, thank you for the super chat. Um, yeah, it's 
it, it, it just is what it is. You can tell it's kind of gotten to me tonight, so I apologize. But I appreciate the people who the kind words and stuff. Just it, it is what it is. Um, six six two two five nine zero nine nine one. As we start to um, get close to winding down, still three hundred and seventy five of you in here at eleven fifty at night, which is really cool. Super happy for uh, you guys. It's got to be a really fun week coming up uh, again. Ole Miss and um, Ole Miss on Wednesday night against either Arkansas or Auburn. If you win. You advance to the uh, championship round starting on Saturday night. If you uh, if you lose, you get another shot on Thursday night against either Arkansas or Auburn, whoever wins that game tomorrow. The two games tomorrow are um, the two games tomorrow are uh, Notre Dame and uh, Texas A and M. They start at one o'clock in a um, Elimination game. The winner of that game gets Oklahoma on Wednesday afternoon at one o'clock, and then uh, Auburn and Arkansas play at six. And you probably know that scenario by now. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Rufus Earl. Hey, Rufus, how are you? Wonderful. I appreciate you taking everybody's call. I just got a question. What do you What do you see on the Oklahoma side? as far as their pitching staff, what they've gone through, what they've got left to go through, and how we stack up against them if we if if we are fortunate enough to get to that point. You know, I don't know a lot about them other than the the two starters that we've seen in Omaha have been have been dominant. Um they've got a a shortstop, I can't think of his name. He's number 20, he's kind of a skinny kid, can really play baseball. He's a terrific player. Um he leads off for them. He's just kind of a spark plug. He's on base all the time. Um, they they hit up and down their lineup. They're a lot like Ole Miss. They're they're hot right now. Um, I don't know anything about their bullpen. I don't know what they have pitching wise on on uh, Wednesday. I just don't know enough about their team because I watched while I watched a lot of SEC baseball this year. I did not see a lot of Big Twelve baseball, but um, they're hot. I mean, they went out to they went to Florida and and won the regional in Gainesville. They went to Blacksburg. Uh, won the super regional there against Virginia Tech. So much like Ole Miss, they they um, had to do all their damage on the road, and they've gotten super hot. And they're um, I'm sure playing with a a ton of confidence right now, in much the same way that Ole Miss is. And if if that ends up being the matchup, and right now that's what I'd bet on, it it should be a lot of fun. But look, they're not they're not Tennessee or something. They didn't go dominate the whole the whole year. They're 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 beatable. People have beaten them. They they did win the Big Twelve tournament, I believe, if I'm correct. They won the Big Twelve tournament and um, and got going. It kind of got them uh, got them jump started, and uh, they've they've played terrific ever since. So they'll be they'll be a tough out. But obviously, when you get to this point, right? I mean, we talked about this all week. When you get to this place, the the teams that advance in a field that's already super talented, the teams that advance are hot and are very good, and so you. It's it's hard it's hard to win a championship, but right now I'm I'm not betting against Ole Miss. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you guys covering everything. And uh, if I had one request, it'd be for you and Chase to give us a little preview of what we got to look at coming up against uh, Oklahoma. I'm assuming it's going to be Oklahoma. They still got uh, Texas A and M to deal with. Yeah, we'll we'll have that throughout the week. Um, You know. Ole Miss still has to play Auburn or Arkansas on Wednesday. I would I would guess we'll do a Wednesday morning show where we'll talk about that game, and then if uh, if they get to 
if they get to the championship series, then obviously we'll 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 do that with whoever it is that they're playing, whether it's Oklahoma or Notre Dame or, or Texas A and M. We'll 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 put that together for sure. All right, sounds great. Appreciate your coverage, and you guys uh, keep on keeping on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Take care. You too. All right, uh, it's 11.54. I had said I wasn't going to go past midnight, so it's going to be up to you guys at this point with calls if, you, if, we're, going to go, if we're going to go past that. I was out in the heat a little bit too much today. Bill points out it's Peyton Graham as the Oklahoma shortstop. He, he is an impressive baseball player. He's a lot of fun to watch. I watched their game on, um, I guess it was Sunday night and, or Sunday afternoon. I can't remember. He, he's he's terrific. Sunday night they were playing. Um, they were playing Notre Dame. He, he's a he's a terrific baseball player. A lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of talent, obviously in in Omaha, and he's he's one of the fun ones. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one is the number. So I'll take uh, I'll take one more. We'll take call this last call as we uh, approach midnight. If anybody wants to call, I'll take one final call on the show. Thanks to all of you for being in the thread. We got over uh, over a thousand at the peak the first hour or so. Again, thanks to Brian Rippey for his time on the show tonight. Also, thanks to uh, Jeffrey Wright for his time. Both of those guys. What the the strategy there, and they've been great at it, is they give us some time as Chase goes down to. Um, the post-game stuff, and then Chase comes back. And so it's always good to have those guys to get the show started. Thanks to Chase for his time. This will be the Tuesday morning Oxford Exxon podcast. And then I think I'm speaking without having talked to Chase and without knowing exactly what the plan is for Wednesday. But my guess is that we'll do a Wednesday morning Oxford Exxon podcast as usual. And then on Wednesday night, I will, uh, I'll be here post-game after uh, Ole Miss plays either Auburn or Arkansas on uh, on on Wednesday night. So thanks to everybody for the call. I'm sorry that I let uh, a couple of those guys get to me a little bit, but I'm human. Um, so we'll stop there. Again, don't forget College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Those guys uh, have made this possible uh, this week, sponsoring these shows. We really appreciate that. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Uh, be keeping an eye. Have that bookmarked in the event that uh, Ole Miss wins a championship. And the way Ole Miss is playing, I, I certainly think that's a possibility. Be um, be ready to go to that site on whether it's Sunday afternoon or Monday night. Get your national championship gear. If that comes to fruition, you can get it at collegecornerstore.com. Just search College World Series on their site. Order from them. Please make sure they they know that uh, you appreciate them making this show possible. And again, Chase is in Omaha. It's an expensive trip. The Clearwater Group has really helped with that. So has Corinth Dental. So um, make sure that you um, you if you don't mind, if you feel compelled, make sure you, that you let those guys know how much you appreciate how much they've helped us with uh, coverage this week. Again, this was not something that we were we were prepared for in August. We were actually prepared for something completely different as it pertains to Ole Miss baseball coverage. I don't think we saw this coming. If you did, congratulations. I hope you went to Las Vegas and cashed in. Based on um, what I know, not many people did, which is one of the reasons that, that this has been really amazing to watch. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Again, uh, Ole Miss wins 13-5, to beating Arkansas tonight, advancing 
to the uh, winner's bracket. Ole Miss plays on Wednesday night, and we will have coverage Wednesday morning and again on uh, Wednesday evening after that game against either Auburn or Arkansas. For Brian, for Jeffrey, for Chase, I'm Neil McCready. Thanks to all you guys for being a part of the stream. We will talk to you again on Wednesday morning. Good night. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.